Eight. You had to take the drink, though, right? Yeah. Well, I just want to be. I want to be like super ready. I wanna, I super. Wanna have, you wanted to be super I, like regular yeah, ready. Well, I don't want to be hungry or thirsty when we start. So during. <laughs> so then you don't have to edit me out taking a sip of tea now. This is all in. It's been a long time, but we're back, and we're taking a long, slow, southern saunter down Memphis way with John Grisham's The Rainmaker. Settle in to discover all of Aaron's legal and other awakenings, learn about if and when you can close the deal with a client, and hear us discuss how many gentlemen's clubs should you be comfortable with your lawyer owning. Don't worry, we also talk some law right now on Movie Briefs. Because it's devastating to my case! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? By law, you're entitled. It's called disclosure, you dickhead. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! No, but what was great about it is we obviously, this is the second time we tried to start. Yes. And we had some grapes. Yeah. And they looked delicious. <laughs> they were. But I thought it was hilarious. I was like, okay, we'll just start over. We'll count. We'll do the count. Yeah. And you waited until the last number yes. to like slurp the drink. I wanted to be it to be recent. I Because if you do it at the beginning, then you might get thirsty by the end. <laughs> That's why you're the perfect partner. This is, I'm just, this is, this is why this works. Uh, guys, aren't you so happy you waited five months for this? Five months? I looked at our Slack. The last time we were in it was in May. I know. When, <laughs> and the, be- the best part about that is, is you were here physically. Yes. Guys, um, friends, I went to visit Cole. I stayed yeah. with him in his house for like a week, like yeah. seven days. Yeah. It was a good long time. It was an and awesome And every visit. once in a while, and we didn't do anything. We mm-hmm. stayed inside the house except to eat sometimes. Or swim. Like, the three of us were swimming. Well, the, but the swimming was in the backyard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm saying the property, you know? Yeah, no, we did not. No, once we um, got here. Yes. So, we at the time, it's not like it was a busy vacation. No, when you were here, I feel like there were lofty goals. We, we did. We said we'll, we'll record some, some episodes, plural. Guys, we had intentions. We did. We were thinking about you. Mm-hmm. We were like, we got, we, we were excited. We could watch the movies together. Mm-hmm. We had some pie-in-the-sky ideas about like, oh my God, how hilarious would it be mm-hmm. if we did just like a live watch mm-hmm. and just recorded the dumb shit that we say mm-hmm. about Rudy Baylor. Yep. Um, we... Could have watched The Rainmaker. Instead, yeah. we watched Popstar. Uh, we did. We, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, we watched that Braveheart sequel. <laughs> we watched... Well, we watched, we watched 11 <laughs> minutes of that Braveheart sequel. Couldn't do we it. We watched Patrick Fugit uh, <laughs> try to sling around a Scottish act for a while. I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, we wa- Listen, we watched some shit. We watched that Val Kilmer documentary. We did. We yep. Listen, we didn't watch this. We didn't do it. 
No, could have. No. And it, what, what was really funny is Jess asked us what four or five times. She's like, "If you guys need time, hey, if you to guys record, want to record an episode, you know, like I, I can go. I'll take the I can dogs. go. Yeah. No, she was very accommodating. We just didn't. I didn't want to. It was. It was just a straight up week long peek and hang, which we hadn't had in twelve, thirteen years, Something like, like a that. long time. A long time. Yeah, like we had. It, it, we started counting it when you were here. It was like, okay, we had lunch like three years ago. Where you happened to be in Southern mm-hmm. California. And my flight was delayed. Yeah. And then, obviously, your wedding. But it's not like it was hangout we, time. Yeah, it we didn't was, hang out alone at my wedding. That didn't no, happen. No, yeah. It wasn't like the peak and crew got together and we were like, everybody else who's here, get the fuck away for a couple days. Right, no. We're going to do a peak and hang. And so, this was like the first time we had hung out since probably I lived in Illinois. Or was visiting back when I very first moved away. Yeah, something like that. And it was awesome. It was great. And we just, all those intentions that we had, all that stuff we wanted to do for you guys, we were like, just, the day just went so fast. It did. It did. You know, we, we would have had to have gone, like, upstairs to where the recording equipment is. That's so far. Mm-hmm. 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 The, the couch was there. The couch your, was there. Your California side piece, who is still pining for you, was downstairs. I miss him. Let him know. I mean, he, uh, it got intense. We are talking about Cole's dog, Bogart. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was clear. I thought that was obvious. Was that not obvious to everybody else? <laughs> Just in case. All right. But we're wait, we're not here to talk about our friendship. We're not. Okay? No, we're not. We're not. Guys, we're friends. We're still friends. We've always been friends. It's been five months because we've been busy. and Yeah, we're sorry. We kept being alternately out of town and in trials and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I think we said oh. this. What? Yes. I have one request. Yes. Before we get into the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how I think at the beginning of this podcast we had talked about nicknames? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have what I want to be referred to. No. And oh, no. It's only, it's because of this movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's because Mickey Rourke, obviously, personal hero. I'm not calling you Bruiser. I don't want to be called Bruiser. I want to be called Big Rhino. <laughs> that works so when you call me and I'm like, hey Mac, what's up? And you're like, you need to say, Big Rhino, how you doing? Yeah, I don't. Can I talk to Big Rhino? I don't, Can I get Big Rhino I don't, on the phone? I don't. I don't love it. I don't like no, it. No, no, no. I mean, I want to be clear. That's also just not personal to you. I'm going to be. This is. Oh, how I wish okay, to be known. Right. So, in the public arena. When you are investigated by the FBI and you have to run to like the Caymans or whatever, that will be your code name. Hundred percent. All right, good to know. Good to know. And those will be my cufflinks. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, that, that whole bruiser uh, aesthetic is kind of how I feel like my law career is going to move forward. I I've known it since we were teenagers that that's how your law career would move forward and end up. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yes. In all seriousness. Of course. I think we talked about this a little at the end of the last episode, but like. Mm-hmm. The Rainmaker is one of those movies that is like part of my DNA. I feel like I feel like I know every line, I know every character. Like I cry, I sob like a baby every time I watch this movie, and it's not even that sad of a movie. I just I just No, I know, but I just I love it so much. Like I I truly believe that like watching this movie at the age of 10, 11, that sounds right. And then immediately like reading, yeah, I think it came out in ninety seven, um, and then like immediately reading the book, 
it like left a, a, a I think I'm a lawyer because I watched this movie at the age of 10. Well, I wanted to ask you how many different awakenings did you have because of this movie? Well, too many. That's that's the problem. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like I imprinted like... on this movie in too many ways. Like <laughs> it, it's a lot of my DNA. Sure. Uh, and knowing you as mm-hmm. I do, that is not an overstatement. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, yes. To this day, you do a lot of things where I'm like, oh, that's minute 34. Um, <laughs> this, I hadn't seen it in a couple years, but I would say that I watch, I've seen it 20 times because A, it was on cable forever when we were growing up, mm-hmm. but it's the best John Grisham movie. Yeah, and it's John Grisham's favorite John Grisham movie. It, it, it has to be because I think everybody defaults like to The Firm. And like, that's the best John Grisham movie. And I think it's because that one had bona fide movie stars. Mm -hmm. This one did not have any movie stars, really, at the time. And it's just a good movie. It's it's the best one. The flow of it works. The sidetracking with Kelly's story. Mm -hmm. I think other filmmakers would have like really drowned into that. And we'd have a two hour and 45 minute movie. And it would have just been awful. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just by, for me, by far the best John Grisham. Now, we will do, I'm sure, multiple more John Grisham movies down the line. But this was, this is my favorite John Grisham. And this is also, I mean, kind of as far as movies, and I'm sure we'll come along uh, with one that'll be better than this. Is there a movie that better encapsulates, like, the whole legal experience from law school through, like, a trial? That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it really, it feels... So real in so many ways. Like this, this is the most true to being a lawyer movie I think there is. At least that I've seen. No, and and the mistakes and the things that we're going to talk about that were like that's not right. Don't do that. It's not because lawyers don't do those things. It's that they oh, it's shouldn't real. do those things. Whereas shouldn't. other movies where we're saying that's not a thing, it's because not even the worst lawyer on earth would do it. Mm-hmm. This one I've seen. Lawyers do everything that happened in this movie. I've seen judges do everything a judge mm-hmm. has done in this movie, save yep. the psychotic, what are you doing in here without a license? Don't you dare come in here without a license. Like, that sort of... That that first judge was a little rough. Little but I, I don't know that that judge didn't exist in 95 in Memphis. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't look at it as, like, unbelievable. It's just the one thing in this movie that I haven't personally experienced. Yeah. But... Yeah, it, it as as I was watching it last night and again kind of this afternoon in the background, I just kept thinking, I mean, accurate, like too accurate, really. Like you feel it in your bones, accurate. Yeah. Listen, if you're if you're listening to this and you're interested in this podcast and you haven't seen this movie, please stop right now and go watch it. Because we're going to ruin it, you know, by talking about it. So like if you're at all interested in law stuff, Go go watch this movie. Yeah. You, you should. And it's a legitimately good film. It's made it's by so this. It's so good. It's enjoyable. It's, it's funny. It's made by this Coppola guy. Yes. He did yes. some. Has he done other stuff? He did like some S.E. Hinton books, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not oh, big into okay. those. Um, some, new, did you know, some New York movies and whatnot. Uh, the F.F. Coppola yeah. uh, picked up this book at an airport, read the whole thing on a plane, and that's how he decided he wanted to make this movie. That's how this got made. Was he loved the book so much. Because the book's great, too. How long was the flight? It's not like a short book. Mm-mm. No, he was just so interested in it. Just, I, I just picture him landing after a three-hour flight. It's like, take it back up. I'm not yep. done with this. I, I have not ever read a John Grisham book. What? Mm-mm. 
I think I've only, I've read this one and I've read uh, Pelican Brief, and I think those are the only two. Though. Yeah, I've I've seen all the movies, but never never read one. But if it's if the book is anything like the movie, <laughs> fingers mm-hmm. crossed, it must be very good. This is just the characters are so, the clients are so real. I, let's just we, we don't need, great. let's let's get into it. I do want to say this was Matt Damon's first role. Did you know that? I or did. first leading well, role. First, he first did Courage leading, Under yeah. Fire, and then he got this. He got to star in Goodwill Hunting because he was so good in this. I really thought that was Mystic Pizza. <laughs> I, th- I thought because he was such a good anti-Semite in school ties, they were like, yeah, here's Goodwill Hunting. But uh, believable, believable. It's weird though because in this movie, and I don't want to get too bogged down in like performances and whatnot, but. The performances in this movie, I think, are so good that even though Matt Damon is fine in this movie, he's just, in my opinion, getting dunked on severely in, like, every scene. I respectfully disagree. Yeah, but I feel as though, as you previously mentioned, you may not be the clearest arbiter. So, so good looking in this movie. <laughs> so, so handsome. Are you going to be like, are you, are you going to be okay? If we need to take breaks, you just give me like, just wave and we'll just let you catch your breath. And That's whatnot. fine. I'm just, I'm letting you know, like, I think the like, I think this movie may have been my sexual awakening. So like, I don't think there's a may just... about it. I, I really don't. <laughs> Not sure why we're couching the terms. Who are you going to offend? You think what DB Sweeney's in the I'm back going, I, I damn it, I thought it be... was me. <laughs> I just might not be able to be impartial. That's all. Right. Okay. All right. We start out. So he's a, he's just graduated from law school. He tells you a little bit. There's voiceover in this movie. He's telling you a little bit about like why he became a lawyer. And he says one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show, which is that you hate lawyers until you need one. Right. Like, he talks about how his dad hates hated lawyers his whole life, talked about how much he hated lawyers, and then he fell off the ladder made by the company that he worked for, and then he couldn't, like, sue enough people. He couldn't find enough people to sue. Right, right. Um, but then he died before he could. But Rudy here, he became a lawyer because of civil rights and lawyers doing good stuff and helping poor people and that kind of thing. Which I'm going to call bullshit on that. What? Yes. I'm going to call bullshit up front on that just because... The first time in the movie he has ever pressed about standing up for civil rights, he's like, ah, fuck that. I'm just going to do civil, yo. Like, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> like, yes, Kelly, I want to bang and stuff. We will, we're going to talk about that scene. I think he knows his audience, but we'll, well, we'll, yeah, we'll get, get there. that. But, like, I'm, I'm standing up. Well, we'll get there. Whatever. So he's in in law school. He's talking about how he how he doesn't have a job out of law school because he doesn't have connections. The only connections he has is that he's like a bartender at a bar where people work or people go to, and that bar is owned by a lawyer named Bruiser. And then he goes to Bruiser's office, and that's kind of where the the movie begins. He's going to get a job with Bruiser Stone, who mm-hmm. is a lawyer. He's perfect. Technically, he's so good. There's a shark tank in his office. Like, why is um, Mickey Rourke this part? It's so good. It's perfect. <laughs> it, it, he's perfectly cast. He He's on the phone when Rudy walks in. He's joking about, the, like, the, the FBI is going to have fun listening to that call. <laughs> so, like, that's a guy you want to work for, for sure. I just love it that he ends it with, like, let's just do it at my house. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then, like, the guy who's vouching for him is like, hey, this is Rudy. He works at one of our clubs. It's like, don't work for somebody who owns clubs and also a quote-unquote law firm. So this is is the deal that Bruiser gives to Rudy. This is is the, like, you'll work at my firm deal, 
it's not a salary. He draws $1,000 each month, keeps a third of the fees. Yeah. And then um, if he doesn't make his $1,000 to cover the draw, he owns or he owes Bruiser that money because he's just he's like a loan he's a loan shark. Yeah, this is a for s- lawyers. This is essentially uh, yes, that is a perfect way to say it. Is mm-hmm. with what sounds like no vig, I guess, but ultimately yes, it's mm-hmm. uh, you don't make your nut, you owe me that. And there's there's like he doesn't say it, but it seems like if you don't make the nut, I'm going to find you, and we're right. going to talk about <laughs> yes that that too yeah what you owe me yeah. Or I'll stick my mini sharks on you. My mini little mm-hmm, Memphis sharks. Mm-hmm. Little laser beams and on their I, heads. I, I do want to double back on something that you had mentioned earlier where he's like, I don't have connections, whatever. That's of such a real, like, I felt that. Where mm-hmm. finishing up law school, you did have the assholes who were like, I'm going to be, I've already got whatever. And some of them were like hard fought for. I did the clerkship mm-hmm. and I have this position. But the majority of them are literally... I'm going to work at dad's firm or mom's firm. That's mm-hmm. kind of, and, and good or bad, like that was a reality. And I just, I like that they just said it and moved on as opposed to just like, that was a belabored thing for him, like mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie, him go. Cause I still know lawyers to this day that have been practicing seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years that complain about that shit. And it's like, look, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. But that's, that's the way it goes. So yeah, you're gonna have to figure something out or do something else, which I also think is a is kind of the lesson of the first half of this movie. Like mm-hmm. you can complain about how it is, or you can do something else. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And he already has. He tells Bruiser he has two cases already uh, that he picked up at the law workshop, which ding, is ding, a ding. clinic. Can we yeah. have our first ethical break of the day? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he does pick <laughs> up two clients at the law workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, How do we feel about that, Mac? I, hey, listen. <laughs> Bad. I don't feel great about it. Were you, uh, were you as a non-lawyer uh, working at the clinic at uh, law school and signing up clients on the side? I, w- I, w- I was not. Sure. But may- maybe, maybe these two... Uh, no, there's just no way it's ethical. <laughs> so uh, uh, this is not good. Don't do this. It's Don't you will do get it. in. You will get in a lot of trouble. There's a lot of UPL in the first forty minutes of this. That is the unauthorized practice of law. Yes. He. So the thing is, when you work at a law clinic or law workshop, you are practicing under a student license um, that you can get after. Uh, you can get in your 3L year. That was Elle Woods' problem, if yes. you guys recall. She yeah, can't and, do that yeah, for we, 1L year. We get year. into that a little thicker in the Lily Blonde episode because different states yeah. have different requirements. Anyway, go ahead. Um, but the the problem here is not that he was practicing law at that legal clinic because he can do that uh, under the tutelage of a licensed lawyer. Um, the problem is you can't on you can't have a side gig where you're like also doing wills and picking up clients for after you graduate. Yes, and so that that is where the unauthorized practice comes in. As long as you're being supervised by a licensed attorney at that clinic, you're kind of okay and you can do mm-hmm. those things. But and then in the interim, from when he graduates to when he signs up with Bruiser, which I assume then Bruiser becomes his parent attorney in that respect you would think like in that interim he can't practice law so he can't have clients like miss birdie can't be his client like you can't have that exactly so then uh bruiser calls in deck 
great character uh, played by Danny DeVito. Can we just have a have a 20 seconds to talk about how Danny DeVito is such a criminally underrated actor that it hurts. It hurts me to my core. Mm-hmm. He's so good. Yeah, that's all I want. So I just want people to know that Danny DeVito isn't good because he looks and acts and waddles like Danny DeVito. He's good because he's awesome. And that's he's, what he's... He, he plays this character pretty straight, too, and he yep. didn't need to. Um, this could have been a character for sure. So Deck is this, like, he's like the comedic relief in the book and partially in the movie, too. But he's he calls himself a paralawyer. He's gone to law school. He's sat for the bar six times. He's failed six times. He occasionally practices law and no one notices, um, which he says a couple of times. But he, like, handles a lot of stuff for Bruiser that seems very shady. Yeah. Um, and he's going to kind of be Rudy's partner and, like, help him draw up this lawsuit against this insurance company. So Rudy has two cases. One is a will for an old lady, uh-huh. and the other one is some people who want to sue an insurance company because they didn't pay out on yeah, there. Yeah, breach of contract and what will mm-hmm. eventually become, like, wrongful death suit. Right. So Rudy's taking the bar in three weeks, so he's not a lawyer yet. So I assume he's practicing under Bruiser's license. Here, here's where the ethical part gets a little fishy, too, because... He's filing, you know, they, Bruiser says, hey, file this under my name, put my name on it, and we'll yeah. file the lawsuit. So, like, that's mm-hmm. okay. You could, That's yeah. essentially being a clerk. But Rudy never agrees to work for him. Right. Or to give him this case. Like, he just says this, and then it's he's assumed. just there. And, and I yeah. think Bruiser probably knows, like, hey, man, if you want to get this thing filed, we need to file it. And you can't mm-hmm. file shit. Right. You haven't even sat for the bar, so you can't do anything. Yep. And... Uh, but there is this confusion over who's the lawyer, who's doing what. And ultimately, with the will and Birdie and, and all of that, it's just very... It's funny now, and I didn't realize it then, to be like, oh, he's trying to be the ethical guy in this whole movie. And he's talking about how, I can't believe I work for a guy named Bruiser. That's so dirty. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you're doing shady shit from Jump. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He does shady shit all the way through. But I, you kind of forgive it for Rudy because, a, just so handsome. He's like, so when pretty. You look He's at so him pretty. With your eyes, you forgive a lot of things. And then also, like he's trying to survive. Like Bru- Bruiser's a bad guy. Like I feel like other characters in this in this movie are unethical because they're greedy or are unethical because they they just have loose morals. Like. Rudy, every time he does something like this, is for because he's trying to like survive. Right. If he didn't take those two cases, that's why he cherry would. Well, he cherry picked those cases for Mm -hmm. sure. And he said, "Here's two cases I can make money off of when I get out Mm -hmm. of when I get my license that can get me started." It's not okay. I'm just saying it's like. Of course, I just want you burgeoning lawyers out there to know if you're working at a law clinic, don't do it. Don't do this. Do not do this. All right. So Rudy's got all his stuff in his car. He got evicted. They say they're in the parking lot, and Dex says Bruiser owns all of this in the parking lot. And you look around, there's like a strip club, there's like a nightclub, there's a bail bonds place. Do we think Bruiser operates a law firm and a bail bonds place? I I believe that he does, and there are rules against that. Um, Can't do that. Well, and there's, if you decide you want to be a bail bondsman, and you are a lawyer... There are certain rules about how long it's been since you practiced law so that you can then become a bail bondsman because there's a lot of rules. And we're not going to obviously break down every single one of them because that, boy, would that be a very boring episode. But 
the commingling of money and like what you can spend your spend money on for a client are mm-hmm. really very very tight, very strict, and money is where you lose your license. There's a lot of stuff you can do right. and be suspended or be formally reprimanded, but still be able to practice law. Bruiser, just look at him. He's done a lot <laughs> of bad shit. What's he going down for? Skimming money. Like yeah. that's how you lose your license. So, uh, you know, having all of those business uh, interests is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But as far as a prospective employer, I would say it's a red flag. Yes. Yeah. I, I like the the law, law firm who also owns the strip club. Red flag. Red flag. Uh, also owns the bail bonds place. Get out of there. Leave yes. Now. There, you will find something else. You will yes. find something else. I promise. So he goes from so basically, Dex says he he knows a lot about insurance companies. He'll help him on the the lawsuit and figure out how to file it and everything. So that so then Rudy goes from that meeting with Deck in the parking lot basically to Donnie Ray's house. Right. Well, and and I do want to say I think Deck. This is really interesting, and I don't know if the writer cared about it or not, but Deck being an insurance like specialist or having worked for insurance companies. Saves mm-hmm. Rudy's ass as yes. far as him keeping up with what is called the, your competency, your your duty mm-hmm. to be competent in what you are doing. And so one of the rules that we have to abide by is you don't take any matters for which you are not competent. And mm-hmm. is somebody who hasn't, first of all, if you haven't passed the bar, you can't practice law. But let's just grant the premise that he can take the, you know, is, is going to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Does he have the competence to be able to put on this case and there's a lot that happens in this movie to show like no probably not (laughs) no probably not however i i think the position that rudy's in at the beginning he he, yeah sure he can file a claim against a he he can can sue an insurance company he can do that what ends up happening in this case puts him so far over his head it's it's unbelievable. But I think at the beginning when he took the case, there's not a problem there. He he's not like, "Oh, I'm not going to be competent to take this, but I'm going to do it anyway." Totally. And then also, looking at this family, this is the only lawyer they're going to be able to hire. Sure. So, you know, if he looks at it in the grand scheme of things, even when he's over his head, he he's the best lawyer they're going to get. You know, so I'm not super worried about Rudy being on this case, if that if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. I, I think, you know... But Deck does really save his ass, having well, worked at an insurance company and, before. And that, because there, there's two types of competency, and I, I don't, you know, we haven't really talked, I think we just sort of throw around IAC, uh, um, Ineffective Assistance of Counsel. We, we've thrown that around a lot. I don't know how much we've really talked about it, but essentially you can get in a lot of trouble if you do not perform up to a reasonable standard um, mm-hmm. of a lawyer in your similar situation. So... There's IAC, which is a problem, which is separate from competency. And mm-hmm. I want to I make that clear. So there's a lot of mistakes, like at the trial level that he made, where he didn't get some objections that he should have. Like the judge has given him a wink, oh, and God. he doesn't... I can't wait to get there. I know. So, so there, that's more IAC problems. That's not the competency mm-hmm. I'm talking about. I'm talking more subject matter competence, which, right. by the way, when you file a claim, you may not have the subject matter competence, which Rudy doesn't. But mm-hmm. you certainly can get that prior to different stages in your action. So it's yeah, you got to study. Yeah, it's not something that you can't study for and come up to speed. And that's what I kind of meant by deck is the saving grace and being able to walk him through. Like, hey, you need 
this base insurance knowledge to actually be mm -hmm. able to litigate this case. Um, I had a I had a workers' comp case. Uh, it was a criminal matter, but it dealt with workers' compensation insurance, and I had to spend months like coming up to speed on the workers' comp insurance code and things like that, so that I was competent enough to be able to take that matter. And boy, was that shit boring. But that's yeah, that sounds oh super boring. The, the calculation of workers' compensation premiums. Uh, if you guys want to hear more about that, don't DM us or send an email because I <laughs> don't don't ask do us. That. Don't do that. That's, that's a what, different. I can, slightly worse podcast. That's what Google's for. <laughs> so, okay, so he goes out to Dot's house. Basically, this is the woman he talked to at the, uh, one of the two women he talked to at the law clinic that he's going to take to her case. I love her so, so much. Uh, okay, so it's Dot Black. Her son is Donnie Ray. Donnie Ray I seems to be about Rudy's age, and he's, he's dying of leukemia. He looks not great. He's yeah, not there's doing good. a medical issue for sure. Yes, um, Dot tells Rudy that basically they had health insurance for him from Great Benefit. They asked for, a, they filed, they did a claim to get him a bone marrow transplant, which would have saved him. Um, their policy was, it was denied. Um, then the second time they said it was because leukemia was a pre-existing condition. Obviously it was not. Um, then they said leukemia was not covered. Then they sent them a letter that said, we've denied you seven times. This is the eighth time. You must be stupid, 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 which is insane. It like, I guess let's have the stupid, stupid, stupid conversation right now. Um, that letter to the attorney, I don't mm -hmm. care if you're Leo Drummond or Rudy Baylor, that letter says saddle, 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 uh -huh. saddle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Saddle. I mean... That's like it's insane. It's it, oh, it's gold. It's wonderful. Like you, you look at that and you say, "I cannot wait to go to trial." If you're Rudy yeah. Taylor, I, I need on the other side, else. settle, 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 yes. settle. Yes, the dad, uh, it has a plate in his head. He just sits in an old rusted car and drinks. I just say this because Rudy's getting the three of them to sign a contract, right? Mm -hmm. That is standard language contract. He gets one third of whatever they get in the payout, and. Dot's like, well, why does it take three pages to say that? And he's like, ah, it's just, it's standard, whatever. So Dot signs it. <laughs> yes? I feel like this is our ethical uh, sidebar number two. Hmm. We have any, um, do we have any issues with how Rudy went through that contract? He did not. He didn't. He didn't <laughs> go through it. <laughs> I just, I wish, I wish you guys could see, like, I, I raised my hand a little bit. And Mac got instantly like, oh, man, he caught it. Oh, do we have to? He didn't go through it in a way that I would go through a contract with Dot. But I think that Rudy knows that Dot's, like, a pretty smart lady. Sure, yeah. That's the rule, so... too. As long as you think that's a pretty smart lady. <laughs> but honestly, I'm... I'm... He answered all of Dot's questions. He did not go through the contract in the way that he should have. But it's worse considering how she goes out to Buddy to get him to sign the contract and how Donnie Ray signs it. Yes. It, it, like, it's, that's really the least of his problems here. Yeah, and I don't expect the movie to go through, like, he should go through every single paragraph, but when you're going mm -hmm. through a retainer, let's say you're sitting in front of a lawyer because uh, you have to hire one, and they start their explanation of their retainer agreement, which they should know backwards and forwards, and they say it basically says, you just stop right there. That's the first mm -hmm. thing Matt Damon says mm -hmm. is, 
Well, it basically says, okay, whatever. And he's right. You get a third. That's contingency fee, and they're going to recover 33% plus he's fees. He's not screwing them. It is a he's standard He's not screwing contract. them. It's a standard contingency fee contract. Um, but it, it was just funny. It, it, it was very realistic because he's never gone through a retainer agreement before. He's never yeah, done those he's things. He's not done it. He probably doesn't know what half the contract means. No. I mean, this is something Deck drew up. Of course. For sure. Of course. I, I, and I'm not saying this to be like he's knowingly being unethical. What he shouldn't be doing is taking Donnie Ray's hand and scribbling yeah, okay, out the rest so, of his signature. That's... So here's, here's what's happened. So Dot brings the contract out to Buddy in the car, and she says something that is so fucking heartbreaking. She's, this is the first time I cried in the Rainmaker when I watched it last night. She goes out to this rusted car. 50 cats jump out. It's incredible. So great. The production design <laughs> of that backyard is incredible. Um, but she says to her husband, who's crazy and has a plate in his head. I mean, she's said several times he's not well. So should he be signing a contract at all? We don't know. But all he knows about it and all she says to him is sign this so that Donnie Ray can get the operation he needs. Yep. And... I mean, that's not what law is. Like, no. Donnie Ray is not going to get, like, it's it's just so heartbreaking. Because, like, he's not going to get the operation he needs. Well, like, and- we're, we're going to be litigating this for the next five years, Dot. Like, he, Donnie Ray is dead because of what Great Benefit did already. It, it's hard because I get a lot of calls to the office, and I'm sure you've dealt with this too, where there are people who need help and there are people who want something to happen and need something to happen. Mm-hmm. But the courts do not have that particular remedy available. So mm-hmm. no matter if we win the case or lose the case or draw the case or settle the case or whatever, that thing which you want to have happen is not going to happen. And it's mm-hmm. really difficult to have that conversation. Now, some of my clients is easier to have than others because some of my clients are worse than others. But, mm-hmm. you know, I do get calls from people who are like, I want to get, say, a restraining order against somebody because I want to make sure that X, Y, and Z happen. Mm-hmm. And typically that X, Y, and Z is not what is going to happen. Like, there's no document, there's no court order that's going to make that happen. And you're right. That is extremely sad to hear that. I mean, it, it's just, you know, law doesn't, it doesn't work that fast. And, and what, what this case is, I mean, Donnie Ray's sitting there, but he's, he's dead. He's going to die there. That has already happened. And there's nothing the legal case can do about that. And, you know, to bring a suit, you have to be in a position, we call it standing. You have to be in a position that you would benefit personally from like the holding of the court. That's why like the abortion cases were so weird in the seventies because you couldn't get a case all the way to court while somebody was still pregnant. Right. You know, and it's like you're suing because you would have had an abortion if abortion were legal and you're eight months pregnant. Like, you, that's not going to help you. It's going to help future people. This is for future. This is for the next Donnie Ray. This is not for Donnie Ray. One of the issues, and there's multiple issues with the new Texas abortion law, but one of those issues that that statute has effectively removed is the requirement of standing. Because yeah, yeah. not not only you know in that in those cases right now I'm I, assuming many of you have heard about the bounty hunter provision of the that law typically not only do you have to be able to benefit from the ruling but you in a case need to show that you were injured by right. whatever the action is and they're getting rid of that requirement 
where somebody mm-hmm. from another state can just sue because the thing is happening and they've not been injured by it. They're not even a party to whatever's going on. And so that's a significant issue in a law fraught with many, many other issues. But mm-hmm. standing is something, a procedural aspect that you have to clear that um, when you're looking for damages from a court, and unfortunately, for the most part, all courts can do, particularly in the civil context, is monetize whatever your pain is. Right, right. And that's why I'm saying is like somebody else who's a great, great benefit recipient right now, who's like seeing what's happening to a friend or a relative and is like, man, if I ever get leukemia, like, I don't want this to happen to me. I'm going to sue. They don't have standing to sue because they don't have leukemia. Only somebody with leukemia can sue. And for them, it's going to be too late. Right. Which is, it's, it's, there's reasons for it, but it's kind of fucked up in practice it's the, and, sometimes. And it's the, the ultimate limitations of the court system. Right. And, and unfortunately, anyway, it, you know. Super sad. Yeah, that's not changing. Anyway. Broke my heart. Um, and then, so Rudy's back in there with Donnie Ray and he starts getting like a crazy nosebleed and then it like comes out his mouth too. And like, he's like catching his blood. It's really horrible. And then, you know, Rudy's like, we don't have to do this now. We're not going to do this now. You're clearly unwell. And Donnie Ray is very like adamant that he wants to do this now. So Rudy, he's got like his pen and Rudy's basically moving the paper under his pen so that he can sign the document. And, you know, he, he emphatically said he wanted to do it, but I don't know that he was in a position to do it at that point. No, and, and either way, you're definitely going to want to go print off a new retainer agreement because there's just a lot of blood on that. There's a lot of blood. I mean, if nothing else, You're going to need a fresh copy. Um, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. But he signs them up because that's it. Ru- Rudy closes. If Rudy's good They're, for anything, he closes. <laughs> Rudy is a closer. They are his <laughs> clients now. All right. So now we go to uh, Miss Birdie, oh. um, who is the old lady... <sighs> who uh, he met at the law workshop, who he's going to do her will. And I love this woman. <laughs> so, I, I represented Miss Birdie. I don't know if I I've, told you I've this. seen Miss Birdie, too. I was once a witness to a Miss Birdie, like a cut, 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 cut them all out and give them to this cat. Oh, man. I, I, um, had, I, had a, I worked at an a elder law clinic when I was in law school. And I know you've done way more wills than I have. Uh, but mm-hmm. one of the things when you do elder law, it was really funny to me. I kind of didn't know what I was getting into. I just wanted to get some practical experience. And I didn't realize it was going to be divorces and wills. That was pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, some powers of attorney. But 80-year-olds mm-hmm. getting divorced and wills. And I had this client who cut everybody out of his will and wanted mm-hmm. to leave everything to Benny Hinn. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly what's happening. She's trying to cut her kids out of the will and give all her money to a TV, like a televangelist. televangelist. And and I remember looking at this guy like, I'm sorry, what was that now? Benny Mm -hmm. Hinn? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you want to leave something to somebody in a will, you need, like, identifying information. And I was like, maybe it's his buddy Benny Mm -hmm. who's down at the VFW or something. Sure. Nope. No. Nope. It was that one. And I was just, you know... I. I, I get what Rudy's doing here, but it's also not really his place to say, I'm not comfortable with you doing that mm-hmm. and cutting family out of your will. Mm-hmm. No, but he does have to make sure she's sane and that she really wants to do it. Like the, the Miss Birdie situation I was in, I was a witness to it. Um, this guy, uh, well, this lawyer came down the hall and was like, I need two witnesses for a will and I need them to be good attorneys. Like, I need them to be experienced attorneys. And I was like, fuck. Okay. Um, So we go in there, and this little old lady is like, 
I want to cut all five of my kids out of my will. And I'm leaving everything to this, like, guy who... I guess he was like her pool boy or something. He was like this young, hot dude. I don't know what he was doing for her. But it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, on its face, people are going to think this is a guy that's like taking advantage of like a senile old lady. So we want three attorneys in the room to make sure she's of sound mind. He's not like, you know, poisoning her against her kid, you know, all these things. So we had to like sit with them and they had to go through like what their relationship was and why she'd made this decision and like why she hated her kids so much to like make sure it was all (laughs) rational and that this guy wasn't just like preying on her feeble mind. Um, And uh, that was, that was about 10 years ago. So I think he is now, uh, Swimming in coins, probably. She's got all the coins. Yeah, she had good reasons though. We approved how, it. How you feel about uh, drafting a will that you name yourself a beneficiary? What? So Bertie was like, "Oh, let me guess. You want to be in the will? All these attorneys want me to name." Oh, you the- mean as the attorney? Yeah, yeah. That's not great. No, you don't. You, you don't ever you don't, want to do you that. You can't do that. That's but not she a- said that other lawyers. She's like, lawyers are always wanting to be in my will. I'm like Memphis. Come on, guys. Yeah, get it together, all right? But Rudy is like, no, ma'am. No, I don't want to be in your will. I just want to help you, you know? Wink, wink. I'm dying to get your money. Yeah, would love it. Um, so it, so he doesn't put his name in her in her will. Um, she, he because talks that a lot would be about the very TV. bad. Let's yes, not give him, very... Let's not give him as much. You sound like you were giving him a little too much credit for that. It was... It was it was hot when he was a little bit ethical. Um, but anyway, so he does talk to her a little bit about the TV reverend. And she goes, his jet is getting old. <laughs> she, he was like, Bertie, I don't think he needs your money. And she's like, his jet is so old. Um, anyway, so then when Rudy's leaving, he sees that she has an apartment in the back that she could rent out. As we know, Rudy's homeless because he got evicted from his apartment. So he asks if, like, he can rent out her apartment for, you know, what I would hope a reasonable amount, and also he's going to do yard work. And as long as that's reasonable, I think it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's probably ill-advised. It's not unethical. It's not in violation of any actual code. But at the end of the day, you don't want to live with your clients. No, no, generally it's bad. But I think as long as he's paying, like, a reasonable rent, it should be fine. I mean, as long as it's a... I don't even know that he has to pay a rent as long as they're, you know, it's not undue influence or duress or anything like that. It would be fine. But it's better that he's paying her rent. I don't think it's required. Okay, so now we're going to go to the hospital. (laughs) So they've got this thing going where him and Deck go to the hospital and talk to injured people. (laughs) Do you have a lawyer? I was trying to stay straight. I was trying to take it serious. Okay. So Rudy says, wait, you want me to solicit clients? And Deck's like, what, well, what did they teach you in law school? And Rudy's like, well, not to chase ambulances. And he's like, well, you better learn because that's, that's how you make money as a lawyer. So, you guys, this is so, so wrong that you can't. This is, can't like, this. This is like rule number one. You I don't should, solicit clients yeah, this at, way. At the very beginning when I said there, the judge was the only thing I hadn't seen in person, I have not seen no. Deck running through a hospital putting cards in a guy in a full body cast. 
No. Um, that I, I have never seen. seen this either. Man, Deck going into the room, looking at a guy's chart and being like, gallbladder, wrong fish, and then going up to so the other great. guy. so great. Wrong so fish. So funny. He introduces himself, introduces, he's like, I'm Deck. I'm a para-lawyer. Um, my <laughs> firm handles car wrecks. <laughs> Well, you handle more car wrecks than any firm in Memphis. You know that's a lie. There's no way. And he's like, and we don't charge a thing, which is also a lie. Like, we get the money on the back end is the the way to say that. Gets him to sign a contract. His whole body is in a cast. Again, we're moving the paper under the the guy's pen. Oh, my God. And then he's like, this is my number. It's on the contract. Rudy's number is on the back. And you can just see Rudy just be like, oh, God, my my name and number's on this contract. And we're like... (laughs) Well, and the guy's oh, so like, funny. can I wait till my wife gets back? He's like, your wife? Where's your wife at? Well, let's get you signed up. Don't talk to anybody. Okay. No. We're going to get you then a we'll lot of We'll go to your wife's house. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get, we got this. We got you. We got that covered. Don't it's worry about fine. that. He stopped oh, just man. short of saying, your wife sent us, man. Like, yeah, exactly. So if you want to know why you get bombarded with billboards and radio ads and random mailers and TV ads about whatever is the new lawsuit... It's because they can't act. There's rules against exactly what Rudy is doing. If you hate those commercials, it's worse if that rule didn't exist. And they're literally because there would be lawyers in hospitals all the time at the check. That's why it's a rule, because they know lawyers are fucking terrible people. (laughs) (laughs) That They had to make that rule so that people wouldn't do this. Uh, Anyway, so then he's back at the firm. Uh, he's studying for the bar, which is now in a few days. Bruiser's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm studying for the bar. It's like next week. And Bruiser's like, you don't, you don't study for the bar here. Like you're, you got to work when you're here. And he goes, why don't you go down to the hospital and study with deck? (laughs) (laughs) And this is the best acting Matt Damon does in the movie. He's like, I'm not gonna. And then he starts laughing. He's like, I'm not going to study with deck. (sighs) And I wrote down, Matt Damon used to be such a good actor. I wrote that down. <laughs> anyway, sorry. What's up? Mickey, Mickey Rourke, Rourke is so good in this movie. Matt Damon, that line delivery is so good that I think Mickey Rourke improv it. His yes. line delivery was so good that I feel like it couldn't be acting. <laughs> well, I so there are, st- like, Matt Damon, you forgot to mention uh, when we were telling everyone about uh, what we were watching this summer. You forgot to mention your boy on Hot Ones. No. So we watched a very uh, like we just watched current Matt Damon just like crash and burn on Hot Ones. You guys, I I because I imprinted on this movie when I was ten, I became a Matt Damon super fan in my tweens and teen years. Guys, it was thick. Don't don't it, like it, just. Let's just let it be. Let's just let it sit there. Like, let's just. <laughs> For those of us who had to live through it, it's hard to let go. Uh, and then, and then Matt Damon went through a metamorphosis that I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't. <laughs> he I, became I couldn't the world's worst butterfly. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a reason why you can't get season one of Project Greenlight anywhere in the world on DVD, VHS, <laughs> streaming, anywhere. And the reason why is when you watch that season of Project Greenlight, you know that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had to know about Harvey Weinstein. 100%. There's no way they didn't. And having watched that season probably, I don't know, 10 times by the time the Weinstein thing broke, I was a little devastated and then even more so that shirt he wore on hot ones was rough oh the whole ensemble 
was <laughs> lunacy. I can't be responsible for what Matt Damon became. I didn't you, know. For as much you you made my wife sit through We Bought a Zoo. Oh, we watched that. We watched that <laughs> at your house too. <laughs> we Bought a Zoo is a good movie. Yeah, and she agreed with you, which hurt. That was a betrayal. Yeah, that yeah. was a betrayal. But the reason I bring up Matt Damon and his awesome interviews is he did do a, a Mar- I think it was Mark Marin. And he was talking about the making of Rainmaker because Marin was like, dude, I loved Rainmaker back when you didn't suck. <laughs> Apparently, they did rehearsals up at Coppola's house for like two or three mm-hmm. weeks with everybody. I think it was everybody except Mickey Rourke, which makes 100% sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Mickey Rourke, particularly <laughs> 1997 Mickey Rourke, really felt like a, I'll be there when I get there, and you've got me for however long I decide to stay. I feel like his insurance was high. Yeah. At the time. <laughs> uh, so there definitely was rehearsals, and I think you can tell, particularly with DeVito and Matt Damon, they have really good rapport in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so he goes back to the, not necessarily to study with Deck, but he goes back to the hospital to mm-hmm. fish for clients, particularly one Kelly Riker. Yeah, so they, they're like, we got a police report here. Go to the hospital, check it out, sign her up. He's he's at the hospital to maybe solicit Kelly Riker. I don't really understand what for. Divorce, I think. Is that going to be a lucrative case for the Bruiser Law Firm? The Kelly Riker and shithead divorce, you know? I think, I think they don't know what the situation is. I don't know if she's rich and got abused or if she's poor. I, I think that's the whole point of the wide fishing net, which is Fair we enough. get all of these in. You need to go and figure out what's what. What's her deal? And if she's worth signing up, you need to sign her up. If she's not, she's not. Um, okay. So I, th- I think that was it. But I did want to ask, I wrote down after seeing Kelly in, uh, you know, she gets brought into the hospital. Her wonderful husband, Andrew Shue, menacingly mm-hmm. abuses her in public. I mean, that's like, like a viscerally, a I don't mean this in like, I'm proud that it happened on film, but like that was a very realistic domestic violence portrayal. It, it was a really good domestic violence portrayal, but for that it happened in a cafeteria in front of people. He would have been super sweet to her in that cafeteria. And then that would have happened as soon as they got back to the room. That or had it happened in like a back corner of the cafeteria where yeah, he thought... Yeah. The fact that it was the middle did made made no sense. But if it was yeah. a back corner or in her hospital room for sure, which is by the way when he throws the soup on her later. Right. I think she has a few different claims. One, divorce, you know, if they yeah, want to represent her divorce. She should divorce him. Yes. Um, one, she can obviously sue him. Mhm. Uh but three, I think there's malpractice against the doctor because I have been <laughs> in the hospital a bunch in my life. Diff various injuries, lacerations to my face, shoulders, whatever. We're going to list your injuries? I think this no. Is, this, no. Is, I, this is my time to shine. Let's do this. <laughs> but I, I think you too have had some injuries due to sports and whatnot. We've had a lot of things wrapped, I think. Was that you admitting figure skating is a sport? Is figure, that what that no, was? No, figure skating is not a sport. It's an athletic competition. Well, I don't know. I can somebody read that back? <laughs> I didn't say what sport. Maybe you twisted your ankle playing basketball in gym. I'm you not sure. You know, I've never played a sport that wasn't figure skating. <laughs> There's never been a sport. But anyway, I have never. I've I've hit my head numerous times. Head injuries, yep. whatnot, is what I've been told. But not one time 
What injury do they wrap your head in gauze? Oh my gosh, I have it in all caps. That what stupid head wrap this? looks so stupid. Well, apparently it's when your husband beats you with an aluminum baseball bat. But I can't figure out what the fuck that is. <laughs> There's not she a has one. it for days. For days. What sucks is that it's a terribly sad horrible scene and I can't stop laughing because they wrapped this poor girl's head in what looks like toilet paper. And it's loose. It's, it's very also loose. loose. It's so very loose. It's so weird. And yeah, I mean, it hard literally agree. looks like, guys, check it out if you didn't see it. It mm-hmm. really looks like really right at the end, the nurse was like, oh, one sec, before you leave, let me just wrap your head real quick. We <laughs> are good. You're good. Now you can go. It's ridiculous. So a couple things happen here besides that head wrap and the, and the, <laughs> yes. the yes. husband spilling, I think, a drink on her or whatever because um, he's mad. Um, but, like, Rudy sees that the FBI is investigating Bruiser in the newspaper. It's yep. like the front page of the newspaper. They the got a real close-in shot of Bruiser, yeah. by the way. Yeah, um, which is not great. Um, and then Deck tells him the story of, like, what what's going on with Kelly, which is that her husband beat her with an aluminum baseball bat. And then Rudy's like, well, what's, what's going to happen to him? Um, and Rudy says that, like, his mom got beat up by his dad. And, you know, he has some history with this. And Deck's like, nothing. He spent the, he spent the night in jail. Like, that's, that's what goes on. And that is what goes on. So that I just is... want to say that's, that's pretty accurate. And, and Deck's uh, reaction to that is... Uh, seasoned attorney's reaction yes. to that. Yeah, he's like, even yes. though he's not an attorney. Para- I'm sorry, it's even a seasoned paralawyer's response to that, which right. isn't a thing. I did get, I do have a client who got an attorney from somebody who called themselves an attorney-in-waiting. Oh, that's cute. Like a lady-in-waiting. Yeah, I was like, that's not a thing. A rising attorney? Yes. Like we say rising 3L? I'm, um, I'm, I'm simmering, I'll be boiling soon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what you said it was so funny um so okay let's see then we find out that birdie doesn't have like millions of dollars as as they originally thought she only has like forty thousand dollars in her will to give away to the tv reverend um which for the most part by the way mm -hmm. shouldn't actually matter to his fees that he's gonna take for writing the will uh i think the only way that makes sense to me is if they were gonna be long-term estate planners and right. therefore be working on that estate kind of continuously until she passed away. I mean, I think the only difference is that this is a one-hour job versus a, like, three-week job or right. something like that, you know? Um, but th- and this isn't a legal scene, but it's great, where she, like, has the mulch that goes up to the... So she, he says that he would do some yard work for her while, and pay rent. And she has this truck of mulch come, like, back up. And yep. she's, like, throwing shovels against his door to, like, wake him up. I had such um, a hard Nona reaction to this. It was like, <laughs> oh, I so know funny. you. I know you, Did Bernie. Did you know um, that Francis Ford Coppola had him living in that apartment? He lived in that actual apartment and was, like, sneaking shots of him asleep, according to the IMDb trivia. Well, that doesn't shock me because Francis Ford Coppola is a creep who's known for doing creepy things on movies, so... But he's related to Sofia Coppola, who's super normal. (laughs) Who doesn't make me uneasy whatsoever. (laughs) So, anyway, she backs the stuff up. We get a great... A great shirtless shot of Matt Damon in his underwear. This is the part... uh, 57 minutes is about right. I just... I knew this was coming. I don't need to talk about it. I'm just letting people know that it's there. And he, it's 
he looks good. Um, and then she says, it's okay, my yard boy will get it. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, yeah. He's put. He's definitely putting back on that courage under fire weight. Oh, yes, he is. Um, all right. Uh, now we have this conversation that you wanted to talk about with Kelly, where she asked him what kind of lawyer he yeah, wants to be. Yeah, we, we've talked about this in other podcasts where people, and, and her situation is a little different than like somebody yeah. randomly learning that you're an attorney. Mm -hmm. And then saying, oh, you're a criminal defense attorney. Yes. Oh, yes. so you're going to represent whoever? Mm -hmm. Yes. How okay. do you sleep at night? The, yeah. So she says, what kind of lawyer do you want to be? He says he wants to do trials. He likes being in a courtroom. She says, are you going to defend criminals? And he starts legit by saying, you know, maybe because they're entitled to a good defense and, and they need to have their day in court. And she's like, what about murderers? And he's like, well, a lot of murderers can't afford private lawyers, which is accurate. Pretty true. Um, and then she's like rapists and child molesters and stuff. And then I think Rudy knows his audience Reads the at room. that point because he's trying to get with this domestic abuse victim at this point. Which we're going to pull over in our little ethical cul-de-sac here just a minute about that but yes continue. oh no that was mostly legit um part of that was legit i've got some hot takes oh anyway, i can't wait uh but he's like he kind of quietly is like no I, i'm not gonna do that and then she says men who beat their wives are you gonna defend them too um and he's like i'm i'm gonna do civil i'm gonna do like probably. civil shit like but i think i think he gets it I think he just isn't going to say it to Kelly in that moment as yeah. she recovers from the head injury from the right. aluminum baseball bat. No, he. I. it's very easy to sit in the podcast studio and say that I would have sat there. Given like, her yeah. your spiel. I'd have yeah. been like, look, Kel, okay, mm -hmm. what you don't get. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. I, I would have probably done the same. Well, I would have done the same thing because I'm probably not going to be there in the hospital. Right, right. talking to her at all. Talking to her in any capacity. Right. Yeah. And yeah, they're kind of like developing a relationship because he's studying in the hospital cafeteria and she's sure. like there every night and blah, blah, blah. Um, he takes the bar exam. Everyone's dressed up for the bar exam in Tennessee. Like did anybody, losers. Did anybody dress up for your bar exam? Well, in some states it's required. Oh, definitely you know not that? California. No, in I did not know states, that. In some states, there is a business casual or business formal dress code. No, hard no. I was on the search for a sweatshirt that I wanted to be so comfortable I could wear for three straight days. And yeah, I, I was it. wearing a full-on sweatsuit yep. at the uh, University of Chicago right there. In the, It was cold, 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 cold. It was like very freezing. cold in the room. Like I needed was, another sweatshirt It was like I was already wearing. 75 outside and sunny, but it was cold. Where did you room. take it? Did you take San it at the University of Chicago? Oh, oh no, right, right. I'm not, you... not far in Illinois. I thought like you waved in or something. I don't know what I no. was thinking for a moment. Okay. Oh, but you were gonna, you were going to hit me with your hot takes about what was developing. No, no, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm just saying they're falling in love. He's carrying her into her bed. You know, they're doing they're Which, doing love stuff. Again, don't do that. Is she ever a client? Well, she is a client at some point in this movie. Is she, she a client? But yet? she will become a right now. She's not. Okay, so I, like, that's I why I want to talk. That's why I want to yes. talk about this part right now. Is okay in the rules of professional conduct. If you begin a sexual relationship with somebody before they are a client, you can continue that sexual relationship throughout the representation. Yes. All right. Here, here we go. If mm. she's a client and then you start the relationship. She's not a client at this moment. They have not discussed her legal case. All he's done is saying, I'm studying for the bar right. over here. They, he says at one point, 
Like, I can I can help you, but you have to file for a divorce. And I don't even know that he's talking about legal help in that. Well, and even if he were, she were a client at this point, he hasn't violated the rules of professional conduct. No, not he's, yet. He's skeezy as shit, but he has not technically violated the rules. I don't think, rule. I think after moment one when he saw her in that cafeteria, I think he's not signing her up as a client. Like, I think he's no longer fishing for her in the way that Bruiser, I mean, first of all, she, like, what's she going to pay out? She's Right, he's just trying to pick up an abused... Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's just trying to hit on her. Yeah, yeah he's just okay. trying to swoop in. Yeah, <laughs> swoop in she, on this situation. This, look, this looks like something that you know, Rudy can close. Again, Rudy's a closer. He's a he's a closer. Um, all right, okay. So then they do they do have a conversation though, where like she's in the bed and he has this line of like, he should be shot. That's what I think should happen to him. He needs to be shot. Any man who does this to a woman needs to be shot. And then she's like. Well, how, how, oh, he says any woman, any man who beats a woman with an aluminum baseball bat needs to be shot. And she's like, how do you know? And she's like, he's like, I've read your police reports, I've read your ambulance reports, I've read your hospital records. That's not the best. No, it's not great. It's real bad. I also appreciate that I know why he used the qualifier aluminum bat, Mm -hmm. but it was funny that he qualified with like any man who beats his wife with an aluminum bat anyway (laughs) deserves some sort of revenge. But yeah, he's like telling her you need to file for a divorce. You need to do it while you're in the hospital. So there's people watching after you, all this stuff. She says he'll kill her and she doesn't want to. All right. Okay. So let's see. We're back with Birdie. Delbert's yep. wife shows up. One of the kids. So um, great. She's did, like, did you have a question in your mind that this person was going to be from anywhere but Florida? <laughs> well, you see her bumper sticker immediately. That she's like, it's like I heart the keys or something like that on her. Oh, car. I did not. I did not notice that. I just noticed everything else. The scene begins on her bumper sticker, like pulling up. <laughs> so um, she's like, "I'm Delbert's wife, and are you messing with this will? Because like we want the money from the will." And so he tells them that he can't tell them anything about the will because it's privileged. And Bertie loves this. He's like, "If she doesn't yeah. tell you, I can't tell you because I'm her lawyer and it's privileged." And she's like, "Feels so great that she has a lawyer." And then he's like. But between you and me, she has an enormous fortune. Like, he just flat lies to them, which is probably an ethical problem, but I don't care at all because it makes them be nice to her. I I do also appreciate that Birdie's 104 years old and her son is like, hey, hey, mama, uh, why don't you come visit us in Florida? We're right by Disney World, which is where every (laughs) 100-year-old person wants to go. Delbert doesn't know what Birdie wants. That's what makes him a bad kid, you know? <laughs> we'll go see Mickey Mouse, Birdie. It'll be great. Yep. Um, yeah, I, did, I didn't mind that scene at all. I, I think, you know, is there attorney-client privilege? I don't know. He's not a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things. Okay, let's get to this trial because we're already an hour yes. in. Okay. Yes. Well, no, I, before we get to the trial, though, and we can go through this really quick, but... I mean, we knew this was going to be long because it's My this is your movie. holy grail. Yeah. So they get into the litigation, and Bruiser's going to get in trouble, and we're not going to get into Rico in this particular pod. But Rudy t- kind of takes over the case, and he gets ready to appear in front of some psycho judge mm-hmm. who's screaming his head off. Uh, Quantum Leap, uh, for you guys out there who are big Scott Bakula fans. Mm-hmm. What I really appreciate that they took the time to do, and this is like for lawyers only, is immediately I'm thinking, and this is not something I thought as a kid, but immediately I'm thinking, well, he's not a lawyer because he has. Even if you pass the bar, mm-hmm. you're not able to practice in a court 
until you have been sworn in to the bar for right. which you have passed well, the so exam. Basically what happens is Deck and Rudy decide that the, because the FBI is investigating Bruiser and they're all closing in, they're going to cut out on their own. This is the night before right. the first motion. Yeah, this is at the dinner. This is at the dinner. The dinner But before. they still expected Bruiser to be there to yeah. argue part well, of the motion. They thought they were going to get up early in the morning, get to the office, clear their files out, then go to the courthouse, argue the motion, and then after that, like, cut out on their own. Right. But they get there in the morning, and the FBI is, like, raiding the firm and, like, chaining up the door. I guess there's chains on the doors, and, like, Bruiser's nowhere to be found. And he's supposed to argue the motion because he's the only one that's a lawyer. And so yes, they walk he's in. he's the only one who can appear in court. And neither Deck nor Rudy are lawyers yet because Rudy has passed the bar, but he has not been sworn in, which is a ceremony that happens. I think I got my bar results in October, and I was sworn in in... November, probably. I mean, it happens yeah, so pretty quick. It well, and it can happen the next day. You just need a judge to do it. Yeah. I actually, but there's I, like I there's I'm... like a ceremony that happens that you're like. Invited. Yeah, the state puts on a ceremony, but like for me, I didn't go to the California one. I went to the judge I clerked for, and he swore me in. He just it was like he oh, took okay. a recess. He closed his courtroom 15 minutes early before the lunch break, and my family came in the courtroom and he swore me in. That's cool. And so yeah, it was really cool. I liked it a lot. <laughs> He's he was a great guy to clerk for. But there is, most states have like a, hey, everyone show up to this place. Yeah, if you took this bar, show up to this place at this time, we'll spur you all in. So he goes in there and he's like, I I don't want a continuance. I'm prepared to argue the motion, um, which is nuts because right. he's not. Um, there's no way he is. Yeah. Um, but uh, the judge is like, you don't have a license. Get out like what you were saying. They're yelling at him. Anyway, right. pick it up. You were You were saying... No, but but I I just appreciated that they took the time to actually swear him in. I thought that was oh I love and yeah it, I love and it, it can be by the way that is totally legal, mm-hmm. totally legit. It can be that quick and informal. Just raise your hand. You swear to uphold the laws of the state. Yep, yep. Okay, cool. You're yeah. a lawyer now. Done. And I I loved this line when he walks in. They, it, he's always got this voiceover going, and he says, "I've read every book on jurisprudence and discovery and evidence rules and everything, but I took one look around the courtroom and realized I hadn't been born yet." Brilliant. Um, you remember that feeling? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I, I had it like two weeks ago. Like, I, you know. <laughs> no, it is something. I'm going like, I'm to have it tomorrow. It I... I have a big oral argument tomorrow in a jurisdiction I've never practiced in. I can't. It's gonna be awful. I, I was glad because I wasn't gonna be able to be cool about this. I want to, you know, you want to be able to stand up and be like, oh, I, wherever the law takes me, I'm gonna be able to handle Mm-mm. it. Every new motion, every new trial, every new hearing. Every new judge, mm-hmm. it's like a baptism yep. again, and it's and it's a because you care because it's difficult and what you're trying to do, it can sometimes be overwhelming, mm-hmm. but it's it's intimidating. It's an intimidating place, mm-hmm. and uh, I felt that through this whole movie, and I like that. I like that even until the end, Rudy's never looks or seems comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, and you need somebody to stand for you. You need a lawyer to vouch for you. I mean, it's a formality. Um, and Leo right. Drummond, uh, the opposing counsel, stands for him, uh, which I, is is kind of poetic, I think. I have some hot Leo Drummond takes in this oh, movie. Yeah? Um, one of them being, he's not really that bad. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, besides bugging the office, that's a big besides one. Besides bugging the opposing counsel's phone, that's a big oh, one. Oh yeah, so just don't don't look at that. Okay. But right. besides that, well, how about this? 
we go into a chambers conference yeah. with the judge yeah. immediately after this. Yeah. Leo Drummond calls him Harv. Right. Short for Harvey. The judge starts going on about this lawsuit bothers me. I wouldn't say it's frivolous, but I'm not impressed with the merits of it. I'm tired of these lawsuits. They're clogging up my docket. I'm not into this, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I have had judges do. I have had judges be like, why are you doing this shit? Why are we here? Why are you like this? Like one time I charged, it was a criminal harassment case. And I gave this guy a charge for every victim. Fair. Duh. And the judge was like, why are there like 17 charges on here? Why not just, why not just one? I don't understand. Like he, he harassed a pack of women. That's one charge. Okay. I'm like, no, the, the, you do it for the each woman. Right. Are you kidding me? And the judge was like, rah, 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 if he just continually assaulted one person, that might be able to be wrapped up into a charge. But no, the, yeah. it, like I agree with you that Leo is sort of greasy for sure. These these two are in it together. Are you kidding me? The judge, of course they that, are. Then he no, leaves. I know that. I get that. That's super unethical. Yeah, yeah, it is. But he's not like everything he does in this movie is to paint him as a villain, and mm-hmm. he is the villain. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but he is not the devil incarnate lawyer that I think the movie's painting him to be. I think he's a realistic version. Of an yes. asshole lawyer, and that—that's sort of that—that's mm-hmm. sort of my take. Is like this guy oh, is we've not met Leo Drummond. Yeah, for Leo sure. Drummond exists and is probably a very famous lawyer. Is probably a very mm-hmm. rich lawyer. Has probably mm-hmm. succeeded at various levels, whether it be in trial court or appellate situations. Mm-hmm. Like that guy is a thing, and mm-hmm. knowing judges that you practice, like guarantee him and Harv practice together, because mm-hmm. judges don't get born in a robe. And yeah, that that whole like hometowning bullshit for sure. Yeah. So what happens is the judge shits on the lawsuit, then he goes back into his private chambers, and then Drummond's there to be like, "Wow, you got you probably want to settle. Uh, here's a settlement offer." And then Drummond, oh no, they go to the bathroom. So right. the judge comes out of the bathroom, then Drummond goes into the bathroom, and the judge is like, "So do you, were there any offers that might have happened while I was while I was pooping and then uh Rudy's like yeah he offered me 75 grand and the judge is like "Ooh, you should you should take that man because there's not a lawsuit here you know wow you'd be crazy not to take that my friend yeah and it's like I mean Rudy's smarter than this thankfully right and it's like that was an ambush like these two are in cahoots like are you kidding me um but he has to, but he has to, even though he knows that's a bullshit offer, and, like, clearly he spooked Leo Drummond with this lawsuit if he's, like, playing these games. Like, that's what, that's what that says to 100%. me. Is, like, oh, I totally agree. You've got a great case yeah. if they're trying this shit on you. The concern there becomes the judge you're in front of. Like, right. how do, yeah. oh, like, yes, the, like tactically speaking, if, you, if this is happening to you, your immediate thought after that chambers is, how do I get this away from this judge? Right. That's yeah. the problem. Like, first of all, you then think... Everything that happens has to be on the record with this judge mm-hmm. because I'm probably going to have to appeal this. But that that becomes the trial tactic because this judge right. is going to fuck you for sure. Yes. So he has to take this offer to Dot, though. That is required. So he goes back to Dot's house and says they offered us $75,000. You can tell Rudy's scared shitless she's going to take the offer because they're poor. And like Donnie Ray... Like, we, we've skipped over a lot of, like, Rudy and Donnie Ray, like, bonding and becoming yeah. friends. And, like, this kid's, like, clearly becoming more and more of a skeleton. Don't do that either, by um, the way. Just saying. Yeah. 
No, I mean, but I don't think he crossed a line. Honestly, he took the kid out. I don't. I, he didn't cross any lines. It's just it's a it's a it's a self preservation thing. So um, and she's like, those sons of bitches think they can buy us out. Like fuck them. And so we're not settling. It's my, my, I'll call this a mild take, a mm-hmm. medium warm take. Could they like how far would that have gotten them towards getting a bone marrow? transplant i think at this point donnie ray is past a bone marrow transplant and is he i, I i'm curious they never really explained that when I'm are just they curious. gonna see that 75k well if they settle it soon from if they if, i don't know if they settle it i think they can put that in the agreement to be like this is paid in two weeks i mean they can you can okay m- most of them are paid in like 30 days. I'm just saying with a company this you, shady i just don't know if they're gonna see it but but maybe you're right maybe it could be oh, in the order um, issued by the court. I do want to say this. So they, it's, it's cool too. Cause Dot's like, fuck no. But she's like, it's up to you, Donnie Ray. And Donnie Ray is like, I want to know what Rudy wants. And Rudy's like, I want to expose these people. I want to bury them. Like, I don't think you should take it in that scene. This isn't legally relevant, but in that scene, Donnie Ray does have a very creepy ventriloquist doll in the bed with him. Yes, he does. I am very glad you brought this up because there's a big circle <laughs> on my notepad. <laughs> about Don... I didn't say ventriloquist all, I just said, Donnie Ray has a doll. Like, it's like it's like the one from Goosebumps. Yeah, it's like, not... It's the traditional... Yeah, Donnie Ray... That's gotta, that's gotta belong to Buddy, right? Buddy, well, you know Buddy in real life was part of the Memphis Mafia with Elvis Presley. Yeah, I so saw that. Yeah. he's nuts. Yeah. He's just playing yeah, he's himself. Yeah, that's just Red West, just doing Red West <laughs> shit. That's his house. So, um... That night, Rudy's at the law office, and uh, Deck calls up and is psyched and says, guess who died last night? And you think it's going to be Donnie Ray. Right. Um, and to be fair, Deck is pretty psyched when oh, Donnie Ray dies. I, um, Deck's on the ball. But he says, he says the judge died last night, um, and now we have like a super liberal civil rights lawyer on the yes. case. Um, and so they start talking about fast-tracking. Yeah. Fast tracking is something you can do in civil court that I don't know a lot about, but I I always thought you had to be under a certain amount that you were suing for. This is another one that, you know, in my research, it, it sort of varies by state. Um, oh, and okay. it, it's also, some states have limitations on how much the amount is for, but also mm-hmm. if there is an urgency to the matter, right. you could also fast track which obviously the urgency here is the kids dying right and so this this is great for a movie because now we don't have to say like oh my god it's six months later and they're in court you know like we don't have to have that indignance that we have in every other device uh great but this scene with danny glover who's the new judge he's so good and so they're in chambers they're talking about fast tracking um leo drummond's like hey listen Sometimes I agree to fast-tracking cases, but this one I'm going to have to object. And the judge, and this is so fucking real. 100%. I felt in my bones. The judge kind of laughs and is like, well, uh, have you agreed, have you ever in your career agreed to fast-track a case? Defense attorney Leo Drummond. He's like, well, I have a time or two agreed to fast-track a case. And he's like, oh, great. Clicks his pen and he's like, what was the name of the court? And the name of the case and the year, please. And he's like, well, I'll have to, I'll have to get back to you on that. 
And he's like, all right, we'll call my chambers by three o'clock today with the name of the case and the name of the court. And he's like, well, I don't know if I'm I'm not going to be back in the office by three o'clock today. And he's like, all right, you can call me anytime he's today. Like, call me when you get uh, in Before then. five. Call me whenever you get in. And I will want the name of that case. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, shit. Um, and he's like, let's get this kid deposed. Like, I think we all agree he needs to be deposed and needs to be recorded right now. Um, then... And Drummond's like, I think the motion to dismiss the case is still on the on the table, and he's like, Oh yeah, that the is the way denied. he scratches out on his his pad. He's like, Oh yeah, denied, denied. What's next? <laughs> and then Drummond and his team, because there's like eight lawyers on the great benefit side, they get up to like leave, and the judge is like, Oh, uh, remember, whenever you get in today, <laughs> call me with the name of that case. Oh, it was so good. And then this little line after Drummond's out where the judge just turns to Rudy and is like, you in over your head, son? And he's like, absolutely. absolutely. So the, the fact check that I've seen that scared the unholy piss out of me was like two weeks into me practicing. And there was a defendant who showed up in court and he was like 15 or 20 minutes late. It was not an egregious mm -hmm. lateness to court. And he told the judge, who was like, my bailiff calls the roll at 8.30, which, uh, spoiler alert, that does not happen in very many courts, at least where I practice. Mm -mm. And he's like... Hollywood. Yeah, you weren't here. Hollywood, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't even react. But it's, it's just, it's like, I, you know, it's part of me now. It's, it's like... Oh, it's like, okay. It's like calling me Big Rhino. It's just what I'm called. Mm -hmm. um, sure, so, sure. He's like, why were you late? And the guy goes, I was on the bus, and I, I, the bus was late picking me up, and I do this. He's like, oh, yeah, what, uh, what bus route? Mm -hmm. And he took a recess and went back to research the bus routes. My God. And I was just like, first of all, that's psychotic. <laughs> yes. Because as a judge, if you get a criminal defendant who shows up to court, for the most part, unless this has been an egregious continuing issue, like just be happy they came. They showed mm -hmm, up. Mm -hmm. They came. They came to the party. Let's just be happy they're there. They're yep. here. They're not let's dead. Let's just keep. They're not. Let's high. just keep the music playing. They're in court because mm -hmm. we've all got somewhere to be. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it was like that fact check, and I was just like, my, I was like, is this how this shit's gonna be? Every time I'm in this court, because <laughs> goddamn, okay, sometimes I'm late. But yeah, that that chambers um, conference was also just just as realistic as the hometowning um, bullshit chambers conference yeah. earlier. So they're getting ready uh, for the court. I'm glad they didn't spend a lot of time. They don't spend a ton of time on any one thing, which is another strength of this movie. So they get to mm -hmm. uh, the deposition. Yeah, I mean, does some he does some smooching on Kelly first, and then they get to the deposition. Yeah, it, like whatever. Like the Kelly thing. It's thematically good. It doesn't. It's not really relevant to our purposes today. But listen, it's... without the Kelly subplot, am I a lawyer today? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. What I was just getting ready to say was, as a movie, it works great. And in the book, yeah, it works great. But as like, as far as like, is there a lot of legal shit going on with Kelly until Rudy Baylor murders somebody? Not yet. Um, he. She murdered him. He was alive when Rudy left that house. Maybe. A hundred percent. He was. He was making noises, gurgles. gurgles. He was, he was making gurgles. death gurgles, and then he died. 
Until yeah. there um, was, anyway, yeah. so, so they <laughs> they go to deposition. I think this is the first movie. Have we talked about depositions? Uh, I don't think we, I don't think so. so. And and I I I have not done depositions. I only ever did depositions when I worked in the law clinic in law school. But I certainly never saw a judge show up. At no, one. so I've done a handful. We don't get them in criminal law. That's something that people get a little confused about. At least over here in California. Right. But, you know, when they're like, what do you mean you don't know what that witness but is going to say? This would be a situation like somebody's dying and you know that they're dying. That that would be a situation where maybe. You right. Might. So in at least in California, as far as criminal law is concerned, it's not called a deposition here. It would be called a conditional examination and it would be mm-hmm. brought into court. Or if we had to go somewhere, we, we could go somewhere. But the judge would have to be there. Um, oh, would okay. be calling the balls and strikes. So maybe this is a Tennessee And thing. so. But the judge doesn't go to the Memphis deposition or the. Cleveland no, I. Deposition. I. I don't th- I mean maybe the the only reason I and I was trying to like shoehorn in why the judge would be at this one and mm-hmm. it could potentially be because what happens at depositions sort of big picture is you have a party that notices the deposition which means I want to talk to this person or these people and the defense can notice depositions the plaintiff side can notice depositions you have a limit uh, sometimes on how many depositions you can have it's basically an interview that they do before the trial it's an examination it's one side asks mm-hmm. questions, the other side defends it. But what's different in court is if Mac is questioning me and she asks a question, I know she would never do this, but let's say she asked a bad question and there was it was objectionable, no. which I cannot I can't even imagine. fathom happening. I've never been objected I mean, I, to. I mean, I've objected to many things that you've said over the last <laughs> 20 years, but that doesn't get me anywhere. So if she asks a leading question and the attorney says objection that's a leading question the judge immediately makes a ruling and so if the if the ruling on the objection is overruled then i have to answer the question if it's sustained i can't answer the question and then she has to either rephrase her question or move on in a deposition matt can ask the bad question the objection comes in then i have to answer it anyway and then if there's reason to withhold it we then take it to a judge later, and the judge will rule on it sort of after the fact. Because there wouldn't be an opportunity to redepose Donnie Ray, I'm thinking that may be why oh. the judge is there to call the balls and strikes on the scene. That's kind of so smart. I didn't it, think so about that. So they get that. it in yeah. one shot. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. But for the most part, deposition's big picture. No judge there. It's super boring. The snacks are usually pretty tight, though. I'm going to be honest. I never had a snack. They take breaks yeah. so often. It's like every 25 minutes there's a break. The one that I did when I was in the law clinic, um, I they asked if I wanted a beverage, and I said, do you have tea? And they said, we have hot water uh, with no tea. And I was so nervous that I just <laughs> took that. You're like, actually, that's better. That's what I, that's what I really wanted. <laughs> I like I was just gonna say sure to whatever they said because they were like fancy lawyers and I was me. We have hot water um, and there's some dirt outside, so you do whatever you have to I do. I was representing like this lady that had land that was next to a big uh, development, like uh, uh, what do you call it, like a strip mall sure. sort of thing. And her land was next to it, and she was getting runoff from this development such that she was getting gators swimming around in her land, and uh, like pollution, like st- like you know car stuff from the parking lot was like running off sounds they awesome hadn't, yeah they hadn't followed any environmental laws so here <laughs> i am like with my little like jc penny suit and i'm like i'm and they were like you know like rich developer lawyers right. you know and 
it, it felt a lot like this actually when he goes up to Cleveland, you yeah. know. And they were like, do you, "Do you want anything to drink?" I was like, "Tea." And they're like, "We only have hot water." I was like, "That'd That's be great, just, even better." Just hot water in a styrofoam Honestly, if you cup, could just give please. me hot water, no cup, that would be ideal. <laughs> just pour it. Just pour just, it. Into if you my can mouth, put it please. in a shallow plate, I will just, I will just lick it up over here. <laughs> Um, so anyway, depositions, uh, they don't really put you through one here and obviously we'll get into them in in other movies that we do civil Mm -hmm. stuff with, but it's a civil thing. And basically what it allows civil attorneys to do is basically talk to as many or almost all of the witnesses that are going to be in a case and they get a real sense of what the evidence is going to be. And it's a reason Mm -hmm. to advance settlement talks. Right. So, so they depose Donnie Ray. Um, it's a, it's a very nice scene, and then then they uh, then he goes up to Rudy goes up to Cleveland to depose the great benefit uh, people. Yes, four of them. He does this whole monologue, which is really great, about how like he's checking into the Motel Six and they're like having their you know five course meal and like you know like just the difference between the team of lawyers he's against and like his situation where like he's going to get no sleep and like has to take the bus up there and all that kind of stuff. Then he gets there for the deposition and they're like very snazzy conference room, eight guys on one side of the table, just Rudy on his side. And he calls his first witness and Leo's like, no, let's start with his other witness. And then Rudy has to like grow some balls and be like, Nope, this is, this is, my deposition and I'm, I'm calling the witnesses in the order that I'm calling the witnesses. And, and I, I want to call this witness and they do some whispers and she's not available because she doesn't work at great benefit anymore. Specifically what is said is we are having a problem with Miss Jackie Lemanchek, this Polish woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's so many questions I have in Just this like scene. Some weird, like, light uh like polish like good old midwestern style like polish prejudice which is so strange but like which is like something you and i grew up with and it took leaving the midwest to realize like oh that's not really a thing anywhere else that's not normal like Uh, people don't talk about polish people outside of the midwest i haven't heard uh, but i guess they are in cleveland so leo drummond (laughs) is like this polish woman as if that's like a thing and by the way um what are you doing I, I mean... For Kashmir Pulaski Day? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> As we sit here in both of us randomly wearing peak and garb, that's just incredible stuff. We wanted to be comfy. Could not be put. That needs to be... If we ever do merch for this uh, for this podcast, it'll be... <laughs> what are you doing for Kashmir Pulaski Day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be funny to just us. Um, so... <laughs> Some of you may be wondering, hey, if it's his deposition, why did he go to Cleveland then? Why aren't they coming to him? Mm. Well, the thing is, it's his expense. So if you are deposing people and they come into your, you know, you you would essentially be responsible for flying them. You would be responsible for uh, compensating them. So it's going to be way cheaper for him to go by himself to Cleveland. Like, you know, his deck's not there. He's not going to a fortnight. Right. So it, it it's something that kind of looks odd or smells a little off at the outset, but it absolutely makes mm-hmm. sense. It's one of the That's reasons uh, PI attorneys are feast or famine, because uh, if he doesn't recover anything on this case, he's just out the money he spent. 
So basically, what what we find out is that the two primary witnesses that Rudy wants to call have coincidentally quit. They did, they great did not survive the purge or survive the carnage. Yeah. So they keep saying she, yeah, downsizing, and he's like, so when they when he does get to like the CEO that's still there, he's like, I'm I'm really happy that you survived the carnage <laughs> sure. of this downsizing that happened last week, only amongst <laughs> primary witnesses for this case. And then Drummond makes some snide remark, and then Rudy looks at him and says, do you even remember when you first sold out? And Leo says, you're an arrogant little pissant, aren't you? Why don't you mind your manners? Um, you're in the big water now. And Rudy, instead of, because he, like, listen, he's, he, he said, like, a shitty thing to him in the middle of a deposition. So, like, Rudy's not on great footing. Right. But then he's like, listen... I came up here to Memphis, like I traveled and I'm here to depose four people and two of them aren't even here. And you're telling me to mind my manners. Like we should be calling the judge right, right. now and like telling him what you're doing to me. It was yeah, nice. It, it was a good comeback because his like comeback of like, do you remember when you first sold out? I, I don't quite get, besides the fact when I am in a trial situation from a competitiveness standpoint, I start to really in my mind dislike like the DA or whoever, like in my head, I just start mm -hmm. to get in like, oh, everything they're doing is stupid. And why don't they like, it's it's that sort of mentality. It doesn't mean that I dislike them actually after the fact. It's just one of those things. He hates Leo Drummond from jump. And I get it, but it's as though, like Leo Drummond is not a unique lawyer. No, but, but I think what he sees with Leo is not just like, you can be a lawyer and represent like, like a shitty company that might be skirting the rules or just like not doing great stuff. But your role as the lawyer is to tell them, Hey, here's, here's the law. Right. <laughs> like, right. Cut, cut it, it out. out. Yeah. No, it, it, I think it's yes. super clear to Rudy and to the viewer. He's in bed with these guys. He's joking around with them. He's friends with them. He's cool with what great benefit is doing. Yes. And, and he wants to give dot black, a shit $75,000 settlement to cover up like they're killing people. You know, like this, this is like a really shitty yes. thing. It's not the same as like representing a murderer and divorcing yourself from like what this person has done because it's over now. Right. And now we're just protecting this, this person's rights or representing like maybe an oil company that's a polluter or something. This is he's in with these guys like he's he's a member of their club. And something that people may not know is in some of these agreements, especially when you're representing corporations, there can be bonus structures based on if you settle underneath a certain number. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can get really funky in your retainer agreements or your compensation agreements with civil clients that you obviously can't get involved with with some family law clients but also mm -hmm. criminal uh retainers and i'm not saying that's like inherently bad i you know i'm not saying that people who represent insurance companies are bad I, this guy is yes bad. like because he he knows what they're doing and he's like friends with like he's in their little club he's part of it i thought tactically i guess obviously rudy baylor and i are different attorneys not to say one is better than the other one i mean is a real lawyer so that's a he's, step in the right direction he's better than but you. uh you watch yourself he quits after one trial <laughs> he quits after one trial i can't i can't be an attorney anymore i can't do it i should go teach that's the most arrogant shit in the world maybe i should go teach yeah, law. you do i just watched you in a trial you should not teach law 
Yeah, he was. He had, you had good facts, yeah. my friend. You had good you cards. You had an unlosable hand. hand, but uh, mm-hmm. but no, it, I guess I thought tactically it was a mistake to provoke him. Oh yeah, I just think he couldn't help himself. No, no, I don't think he could. I just think it's like, dude, you, this guy will continue to underestimate you. Let that happen. Mm-hmm. Let him oh, yeah. continue to do this. So I just tag n- nothing improper, just tactically a little a little odd, a little different than I would have done it, but um, ultimately gets his point across and. Now we're heading to trial. We're doing we're doing jury selection now. Well, first Dan, Donnie Ray dies. Yes. Um, and also Kelly's now living with him. Obviously, she got beat up again. Yeah, she's living at Birdie's house. Right. Well, this is important because the moment she leaves her husband and moves into Birdie's house, that's when the fucking starts. Yeah. For sure. And this is important for laws. Yes, it is. Because You're... she is not yet her, his client. <laughs> I just wish everybody could see how like you have just locked in. This is important for me. I'm engaged. He has not helped her on any legal matters. Right. He has not established a potential client relationship with her or an actual client relationship with her. Correct. And now, at this moment, they're fucking. Now, do you have a statutory rape issue? (laughs) Because she's 17. You told me she was 17. (laughs) Claire Danes is 17 in this movie. She's supposed to be, I think, 22 or something like that. I mean, how old was she on My So-Called Life? I don't know. 16? Like, she hasn't aged. I think this was, like, while that was... I mean, this is, like, Broke Down Palace um, time frame, so this is right she after my so-called looks life. looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Anyway. You're correct. So, Deck enters the funeral of Donnie Ray and says, Now it's a wrongful death suit. Gazillions! <laughs> and Rudy has just lost a very close friend at this point. Yes, they, like, had a cool bro hang. Um... That's rough. Yeah. Okay, so then the next thing that happens is What he meant to uh, say was, back at the office, uh, Rudy, we need to amend the pleadings. Yeah, to say, gazillions! (laughs) (laughs) So then they find out their office is bugged. A guy named Butch comes. Obviously Butch. looks for bugs. Oh, we need to talk. Ooh, ooh, before we do this, we need to talk about Mm -hmm. their arrangement. Totally illegal. Uh, Their partnership. What arrangement? So that's fucked up. Who, Deck and... Uh... Deck and... It's totally illegal for Rudy to be in a partnership with Deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about it. I but the, Oh, yeah, they are in a partnership. They're in a partnership. They're splitting, splitting 50-50. 50-50. It's yeah, their partners. They can't do and that. Uh, special little law here uh, in both Tennessee and California. They're based off the model rules of professional conduct, so they're both rule uh, 5.4, whether it's Tennessee Supreme Court rule or the California rule of professional conduct. A lawyer cannot be in a partnership with a non-lawyer where any of the services that you provide are related to the practice of law. So since right. Deck is not a lawyer, they're in violation and breaking the law by having a partnership. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that's absolutely correct. So anyway, <laughs> they go up to their illegal office because your boy yes. cannot stop breaking the law. So Butch is looking for bugs. He finds one. And they figure out that it's probably not something the FBI would plant. You know, like they're looking yeah, for it's people too who are associated bruisers. Yeah, it's too radio shacky, you know, yeah. to so, be law enforcement. Um, so Dex says, oh my God, we need to tell Judge Kipler. And they're like, nah, what we're going to do is we're going to find out if this is Leo Drummond and then we're going to fuck with him. So, um, Which I love. They have like a... Yeah, I love it. They have a phone conversation. Like, they have Deck go out to the, the pay phone. And first, I think Deck calls him and is like, hey, I just talked to Dot. And she she's sad about how her son died. And she's she would settle for 175 k she's decided. 
And then, like, the next day, they get a call from Leo Drummond. It's like, you know what? We've been thinking about it, and we're going to raise the offer to 175 k Yeah. So now they know that it's definitely Leo Drummond tampering with their phones. So what they do when they go to Vardir is they have Butch, the guy looking for bugs, call on the payphone and pretend to be a juror and have a conversation where, like, Rudy's like, hey, you know, we got this kid with leukemia. Like, this is a really, really sad case. Like, can you help us out? And then the Butch is like, yeah, I, I would really like to... I'd really like to help you out. I'm really glad you called. Thank you for telling me the facts of the case ahead of time so that I can vote for you. Um, Which is a no-no. You you can't do that. You can't talk to juries. If they did it in real life, that's a no-no. Yes. Um, And that's why they did it. So that when they go to Vardir, Leo Drummond just freaks out and is like, did you or did you not have a conversation with Rudy? Which (laughs) this guy's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's it's the judge fantastic. is confused. He's acting crazy. He's just like going for this one <laughs> random juror. And I just uh, love how Danny Glover's like, "Yes, Leo, what what are you doing? Yeah, what, what's what's going on here? I love Rudy just standing up and yelling, "This is an outrage!" <laughs> love it. Just he's good. It's the it's just like his last good moment in court. And then the juror basically badgers this juror until the juror jumps over the the railing. No, no, and not like, this juror. You put respect on Randy Travis's name. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mister. It's Randy Travis, Travis who jumps they over the board. Identify as being their nightmare juror, and I don't know that that's the case. He's exactly, that's exactly who, who you. Are. That's who Donnie Ray grows up to be. You know. Yeah, you totally want. Although. I guess if I'm if I'm picking that jury, and this isn't a jury selection episode, so we're not going to spend too much time on Vladimir. You're probably looking for moms. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you look at that jury though. You look at the jury that they've got, yeah. and it's a very diverse, very female, like a lot of moms. It's exactly like it's what the jury should look like if you got your way. And like you're a the lot plaintiff. of uh, a lot of young men and a lot of older women. Yeah. It looks like on that jury, and that's exactly what you want. Yep. Oh, and then Rudy gives him the little phone signal to, like, show it. He's like, oh, it's great. I love that they okay. skipped, by the way, opening statements in this movie. I love yeah, that. why? No one... Opening statements are the worst. They're so stupid and boring. Okay, so now, at this moment, Rudy begins helping Kelly with her divorce. I still don't know if they have a lawyer-client relationship, because he's just kind of helping her get the form and fill it out, which isn't necessarily representation no no and even if he's just advice and counsel like i've got clients that i've been retained merely to advise Mm -hmm. and so and are you having sex with them no hard no just (laughs) hard hard no because just to be clear everybody they are definitely having sex by now yeah that's okay and by they i just want to clear up the pronouns rudy baylor Mm. right kelly Kelly Riker. riker yeah um but just like if that relationship exi- to the extent that this was an attorney client relationship him helping her with her divorce that's cool as long as she's cool with it yes if they were fucking beforehand yes and, and the reason that we're belaboring this is because it's one of mm-hmm. the most hilarious it's so rules funny. of professional conduct that they hit hard like in mm-hmm. my ethics class my teacher was like look i just want to make sure you guys know for the most part <laughs> you can't bang the clients but here's the thing but he, but if you bang them before they're your client, <laughs> you can keep banging them through the whole thing and you're good to go. 
But then you're you're sitting there in law school being like, why did they tell me this every day? Yeah. Like, right. every day I <laughs> this hear this is rule. The one, this is the one we're hitting? I need to know more about my IOLTA account. That's what I'm worried but, about. <laughs> but, like, you're sitting there thinking, I'll never have to deal with this. I've had to deal with this. Sure. Not with me. But I definitely prosecuted a case where a guy had his girlfriend representing him. A rape case. Oh, yeah. Where his girlfriend was representing him and we had to deal with that. Yeah, it's not like there's cases where, you know, lawyers are dumb and do terrible shit and they're terrible people. And and they try to get involved with clients for payment or other things. And you're like, yeah. and, and here's the thing. You can then get together with a client after the representation ends like after it was just it, it was just hilarious how hard this was covered in law school so like literally guys too, every day too much. somebody talked about this too much but we remember it so it worked also while they're doing just the strength of the script while they're doing the divorce thing, Birdie comes out and says, this is that good process, Turkey. And that, mm, I felt that just really... The word budding just was like uh-huh. going off in my head. This is that good process, Turkey. This is that good chip beef dip. <laughs> um, oh. Do you ever have chip beef dip? Come on. I, I live in a world now where no one's heard of chip beef dip, and I, I'm starting to think it's just me. No, I... It may just be peaking, but I've, I've had me a shipped beef dip uh, in my day, for sure. <laughs> All right. That's what we'll do on Cashmere Plasky Day. All right. <laughs> it would take okay. our day off school and eat shipped beef dip. Perfect. So this is when Rudy's going to start questioning witnesses. He leads for five questions until the judge is like, why don't you just... He's like, are you the mother of the son who died because the great benefit did the... And there's like objection leading sustained. So your son needed an operation and they didn't... Objection leading sustained. Did you... Are you the one who took out this... Oh, just, Jesus Christ. It's so real though. So, it so happens. Kenny Glover is like, hey, how about you show her the policy and then you ask her why she took why it Why she bought it. And then... He calms the fuck down a little bit and then starts his case. So, rule of thumb, when you're doing a direct examination, step at a time. Mm-hmm. A step yeah. at a time. Then he has to read that stupid, stupid, stupid letter out loud. Yes. And then he's like, read it again. And they're like, objection. She read it. She read well, it. And the judge is like, sustained. She no, already read it. No, the stupid, stupid, stupid one, mm-hmm. I think he let her... No, the, the repetition objection was sustained mm-hmm. that time. Later... Mm-hmm. It's not sustained. Right. Which is, And the judge mm-hmm. goes, no, I want them to hear this. And it's like, that's bad judging. You're not supposed to say that. Yeah. That's the one time he stepped out a little but bit. But I can see a judge believable. doing that. Totally believable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, there's a, the only actual problem I have besides every... There's not a single movie that gets this 100% right. There's a lot of testifying mm-hmm. in the questions from Leo and from, mm-hmm. and from Rudy. But for the most part, the only problem I have with the general questioning of everything is there's a lot of reading from documents. There's mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. read this document to the jury. And for the most part, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you get away with that where you've been like the document's supposed to speak for itself. You can certainly reference it and read a portion of it. But as far as like reading the whole thing, like that's not, mm-hmm. there was a lot of reading from documents. Yeah. Then Leo crosses dot basically on whether, whether a bone marrow transplant would have saved 
Donnie Ray, like whether her doctor told her that. And so this is something he couldn't do. She's not an expert on bone marrow transplants. No foundation for That's any hearsay. of this shit. There, there's, it's, so, it's so messed up. But what's great about it is Rudy keeps trying to object to it, but his, his it. baby lawyer mind doesn't know what the right objection is. So he picks leading because that's what he did. He's like, leading? And the, the judge is like, well, this is cross-examination. You can lead. And then he's like, objection overruled as to leading to try to cue him to try another objection. But Rudy doesn't he know can't. any, so then he doesn't try And it. there's like every other objection would have, mm-hmm. besides relevance, besides relevance, any other objection. Mm-hmm. Would have got you Although home. Leo does ask her what she would do with the money if she got it, and that's irrelevant. Well, not only is that irrelevant, he should have objected to that. Obviously, that's irrelevant. Yeah. That is the dumbest question on earth. Yeah, of course she's going to say she's going to give it to Leukemia as us. Yeah. You know, no, like, nobody's going to be like, I'm going to buy nine Lamborghinis. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. No. But I mean, like, so there is a relevance objection in there. Well, to, like, any that. any objection would have been would have worked. But what but what he was not finding the objection to is when she was like, "Isn't it true that this would not have saved his life?" Objection. Not an expert in bone not marrow an expert transplant. in bone marrow transplants. What objection. the doctor told no her that's hearsay. I mean, and, it, it, it's all over the place. And then she's and then he's like, "Isn't it true there's only seven thousand uh, bone marrow transplant?" Objection. Isn't it true Foundation. this is an experimental procedure? I mean, there's so much. There's so yeah, much. It's, anyway. It's, it's just, but I would imagine an experienced lawyer trying to boat race an inexperienced lawyer. Oh, yeah. With all of that improper shit. Well, and then Leo shows her the letter from the doctor that says, it's a letter from the doctor to Leo that says a bone marrow transplant would not have saved Donnie Ray. He has her read it. Um, and Rudy objects because he's like, I, I don't know what this is, but it's not good. I think Deck is like, object to that. They can't do that. And he's like, um, I forget how he objects to it. He says it's it's hearsay maybe or something yeah, like he that. Said he's, yeah, it was like it was a hearsay objection. And mm-hmm. then he says it's Rule 612. Re- refreshing which is, recollection. Which is what Rule 612 is in Tennessee. But mm-hmm. he's using it for impeachment, not... Right, that's the thing. And the judge looks at him again. Because yes. he's like, I'm using it to refresh recollection. And then Rudy like looks in his book. Yep. And he's like, ah, uh, okay, I guess. Is, and it's like, fuck. It can't refresh her recollection. It wasn't fucking sent to her. She didn't Done. say, but she, and she didn't, it, 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 she didn't even say she couldn't remember. She yeah. said, the doctor told me it would save his life. And he's like, yeah. didn't the doctor tell me that it wouldn't? <laughs> no one said, no yeah. one said she didn't remember. Oh, poor Rudy. He can't yeah. find it in his little book. And, and honestly, as a, as a lawyer six months in, I'm not, I wouldn't have found those. No, me neither. It was, I'd like it to think I would have so found real. some of them, but I wouldn't have found all of them for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's so realistic. Yeah. So then Dot sits down and she's like, I didn't do very good, did I? And that's what every witness <laughs> says after they're done. And she actually did great. By the way, if you're if you're curious, yeah, she, she handled good. she handled that onslaught great. And she made Drummond look like a dick, and so yeah. and he asked um, some really bad questions. But so they go to move Kelly out of her house, uh, and then there is there is like a light murder. Um, there's yeah, there's there's so a diet murder is for sure. That ex that husband does come home. He does have his bat. He does beat them up with his bat. And then Rudy gets a hold of the bat and hits him very hard in the head. Multiple times. Yes, but that first one was really the there, the big one. The one yeah. that splattered all the blood on bit, the wall. There was a little bit of stuff. 
Then Kelly takes the bat and tells him to leave and says, you weren't here. And our hero, Rudy Baylor, is like, yep, that sounds right. I've got a career to keep. Yep. So he leaves. As he leaves, this man is gurgling and looking at him with alive eyes. And then when he closes the door, Kelly does do the, the, yeah, she does finish him, Mortal Kombat style. Right. Um, which was honestly kind of jarring. Um that she that he closes the door and then while the guy is gone down and like barely conscious she just murders him. Yeah, she she straight like kills premeditated him. Premeditated murders him. Like with with no self-defense whatsoever. This is probably and again because we're both criminal oriented, this is I was excited to talk to you about this because this is imperfect self-defense. Mm-hmm. So yes. she has, I think there's a lot of people that would watch this movie mm-hmm. and say, there's no way she would be taken in. There's mm-hmm. no way she would be in jail because she was protecting herself. Self-defense does not allow you to kill unless the threat of you being killed is there. Like you basically have to be meet on equal terms. He had been quote neutralized. Yes. And so Rudy has a defense of self-defense. Yes. He hit him in the head when he was still up and active and coming for him. Yes. She does not. She did what we like to call a double tap in the military. The guy's down. Then you walk up to him and you make sure. Yes. And that make sure is a murder. That's a murder. Court martialed. And so she actually had a defense prior to doing that as well, because he was beating her up and him up. Right. And so anything she would have done would have been covered. And I just love the fact... Now, she would have been taken to the hospital first. Like, they show her getting walked out. She would have been taken to the hospital to be treated. um, And then probably a statement taken. I think in practical reality, there's a decent chance she doesn't get taken into jail that night. Um, But it's not unrealistic that she did. Yeah, okay. And and I I like that she was held for a while. And then the DA was like, we need to have a meeting... And it wasn't it's self defense you're good. It was yeah, we're she not just said she said she'd never get a conviction. Yeah. And you're like, no, she fucking wouldn't. Because you guys, Kelly is guilty of murder She's one. She's guilty of like, murder one. This is one. a premeditated murder. Yep. And and that's part where, like, do I think he should be dead? Sure. I have no problem with it. I am not offended by Kelly killing her abusive husband. But it is murder. It's the same thing with Samuel Jackson in um, right. What was that hot law movie called? Hot law. The hot sweaty law. Um, <laughs> time to kill. Time to kill. Thank you. I could not get Mississippi burning. I like calling it hot law though. I mean, well, she didn't. She didn't literally law, lie in wait in a vent for no. twenty hours. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. It, it was. But I do. I do think that she, if knowing all that she would be convicted of murder one, but this is one of those things where it's like. Even if the jury knew all the facts, which they never would, would there's no. no jury that would convict her of it. No, absolutely not. And the DA probably did the right thing. But it, it, mm-hmm. it's just an interesting thought experiment when right. the difference between, oh, that wouldn't be that because it's self-defense. No, technically it's not. It's just not. Yeah. But, I love when Rudy's... First of all, Rudy, don't sit in the fucking car and watch her get arrested with fucking blood all over your face. Are you fucking kidding me? Go away, Dude, he's Rudy. sitting there with his voiceover is like, I've read when you commit a murder, you make at least 25 mistakes, and you're lucky if you remember five of them. Mistakes are piling up so fast in my mind that blah, blah, blah. And it's like, drive the fuck away. Yeah. Like, Mistake you're making one. one right now, my friend. Watching it. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. 
So then he goes to where are are they at the police station? Probably yeah. Yes, he goes to the police station and he's like trying to get her out and stuff like that. And it's he's like, I'm her lawyer, but it's okay again because they are fucking. It's not okay because he did do the murder kind of that she is accused of committing. That's a problem. But them fucking is not a problem because he's already gotten it in. If you (laughs) (laughs) sorry. It's just the funniest rule. If you, if you guys learn nothing else from this entire podcast, mm-hmm. we want we will just start asking you what's the one thing you learned, and the answer should always be you can go to Bangville before <laughs> you pull into the client station. And after. And really. after the end of client you station, just, just can't, can't bang during. there. Yep. That's all we need you to know. So when um, he's playing footsies with her... During yeah. the time where where they're where they're and, talking to her, that's and don't, fine. Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, it's legally fine, but de- like, it's don't do legal, that. It's legal, but don't. It's gross. It's gross. Really, footsies is always gross. Like, that, there's never a time where that's appropriate. Just you really, know. you're gonna you're gonna give me a little shrug on footsies. Gross. No, I was I was you're agreeing a gross with you. I was like, man. I was no, I was. Oh, I was okay. Agreeing. All right. Okay. Don't come in. I, thought, I me, thought you were okay? trying to defend footsies. Good lord. I'm sorry. Coming I'm in sorry. hot. We've been here a long time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. But we knew this one was going to be thick. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we get we get back like end of the page with the Kelly deal is she the DA ends up not charging her mm-hmm. because they can't get a conviction. Although they do call about having a meeting like at night. Like that mm-hmm. phone call is in the middle, like almost in the middle of the night. It's like that's no. They'd meet like during business hours to be like, hey, we're not going to charge her. Well, I thought it was that night though, right? I don't think so. Oh, see, I thought it was that night because I was thinking like, okay, the DA who's who's on the homicide beat, right? Probably got called out. Probably knew he was there. If you know, like, if if, if it was case, that night, if it's that night, it I I'm willing to buy it. Okay. Barely because mm-hmm. they'd still do it. The probably next need morning. to talk to a supervisor about that. Yeah, right. we're gonna dump a murder. Um. Okay. So we do the stupid, stupid, stupid guy, the guy that wrote that letter, Elliot um, Lufkin. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lufkin, um, he they he asked him about Jackie Lemanchek, who actually handled this claim, and he's like, she resigned at the time. At the same time, he's testifying. Uh, Deck finds Jackie Lemanchek in some seedy hotel room or a hospital where, or something. Where else is Virginia Madsen gonna be? Uh, I don't know. With her kept man. Yeah. Okay. So. We've found Jackie Lemanchek. She's a very short skirted. We found Lieutenant Virginia Colonel Markinson. We fucking found her. Yeah. And basically she tells them it is the great benefit policy to deny all claims and then work from there. And like try to deny well initially deny all claims and then if people keep coming, keep denying. And then yeah, you you'll take a look like the tenth time. It's all bad faith denials until it becomes something right. we can buy off. While she's doing, while she's talking about the like the life of this this claim, and they talk about how these guys go to like low income neighborhoods and knock on doors and sell this insurance and like get cash premiums and like it's real seedy how this yes. this operation happens. Um, and you see a montage and you see a healthy Donnie Ray in this montage. With that like, mullet is spectacular. But like, so when this thing is getting sold to Dot, like this thing that's ultimately going to kill her son. He goes and gets some orange juice from the fridge. And you've never seen this guy with, like, a healthy weight or, like, yeah. not. Uh, uh, it's it's just like, man, 
it's Coppola jarring. Is so good. It's it's yeah. so like it made me like it's it's horrifying. Anyway, yeah, the little stuff in this movie, just from a movie making <sighs> standpoint, it, yeah, so good. There's a lot going on for a fucking John Grisham movie. Right. Um, okay, so he calls Jackie Lemanchek the next day. Leo Drummond goes fucking nuts and is like, you can't do that. We didn't know about this witness. And Rudy's like, she was on a witness list. Well, no, no. First of all, no, you do not get to give Rudy. Rudy is so bad in in trial. Rudy says she was on a witness list. Deck Deck says says she was in the pretrial order. I don't think Rudy says she's on a witness list. He said she was noticed as a witness. He does. Uh, and then let us Leo's know who's like, right. it doesn't matter if to... she's noticed as a witness at the deposition. She needs to be noticed for this trial today. And then Deck finds the pretrial order. Yeah. Like, he, Rudy should have known, like, hey, she's on our pretrial witness list. Like, she's on. Mm-hmm. It's. She's they have a notice. witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have notice of who this is. So. So like, basically, they call her. They try to get in a claims manual. Basically, when she resigned, she signed some stuff that said she'd never talk about her employment at Great Benefit. But what she did was she stole a few claims manuals, and now she's talking about it. So they try to get that claims manual in because it has a section in it that says deny all the claims. Um, (laughs) An executive memo that says crime. Let's do some crime. Let's do crimes. More crimes. Racketeering. The more the better. The more the better. We're a front. Uh, Yeah. Rough. Um, And they are like, we object because this is stolen evidence and you can't admit stolen evidence and rudy doesn't know what to do and the judge does exactly what a real judge would do is say assuming that i can't get this thing in right now do you have any more questions and he's like no and then leo and then we'll table it until everybody can like do some research and stuff and then leo cross-examines her and does a great cross-examination of this yes fantastic where she was apparently sleeping with everybody at great benefit and hates them yeah that's the end exposes her bias it's extremely effective he does the only thing he does like at the end you know he's like you know a woman scorned all that bullshit yeah so this is a great moment uh deck calls bruiser from a payphone asked for big rhino no, no uh, i'm here i'm here what you need yeah i'm sorry i was talking about the other one bruiser stone Understood. um he gets put through to bruiser who's in like the caymans or something is on some island or something he's and Deck's like there. we've we've got a case with stolen evidence like you know all about stealing like what what case how do we get this in and like bruiser knows immediately he's like and this was like such a wow this was life before westlaw situation he's like it's a 92 case it's in the 530 series like they're gonna have to actually take an actual book and like find it yeah Um, uh did you look up the site yeah it had nothing to do with it no it's first of all it's not even the name of the case no, it's not. No, that's not the name of the case. But the site was a case that had nothing to do with this. I thought it might be a cute little Easter egg or something. Yeah, yeah it's a restitution case. It's just but, funny to me that they used a site for a case that's a case and then changed the name of it. Yeah, but you can use stolen evidence. I looked this up. Yes. In civil cases, is the rule that they cite when they go back into court and they say, you know, th- this DeSoto case says that you can do it. That is real law, um, at least in a lot of states where it's like in a civil case, not a criminal case. If the lawyer had nothing to do with the fact that the evidence was stolen, it can come into evidence. It just goes to, you can say to the jury, this was stolen. You shouldn't believe it, but it does come into evidence. That was another thing where that would have been an appellate issue. When we were talking earlier about into uh, IAC, 
that could have been an appellate issue mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, he should have known. Right, if they wouldn't have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was another, that was Bruiser coming through in the clutch. So then Rudy gets to go back in with this manual and like uh, cross-examine the CEO with it. And he gets to say, like, there were this many claims and, like, this many were denied. And it's, like, egregious. And he, he does this. Yeah, great, it's, like, you know. 9,200 out of 12,000 claims or something yeah. were denied. And then after they've put on evidence that bone marrow transplants are experimental and blah, 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 there's this, like, letter from from that CEO being, like, considering how popular bone marrow transplants are becoming, it would behoove great benefit to start investing in bone marrow How clinics. grotesque. Is Disgusting. It? It's, it's not even, and this is another benefit, like, I don't know if it was Grisham that did this in the novel or if it, it was just in, in the script, but to not even have it be like, hey, even though these have become commonplace, we should still deny them. That's mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. To instead have it be, we should invest in bone marrow clinics yeah. is just on a whole nother level of, like, capitalism nightmare it's just this, fucking disgusting this movie is almost verbatim this book all the voiceovers every like everything okay. is ex- extremely close there are a couple other subplots that are there this is spread over more great benefit witnesses there's a subplot with a roommate if i recall there's some other there's some other stuff but the stuff that is in the movie is all in the book and the stuff that's in the movie i mean it's only 215 which I did also have Armageddon on in the background this week while I was working, and that fucker's like 235. So this is fairly lean for the amount of Mm -hmm. shit that's in this movie, and there's really not too much I would cut out at all. Um, But yeah, he ends up up talking to the CEO, and another brilliant move by Leo Drummond Mm -hmm. to not examine the CEO. No questions, which is no 100% the right move. By the way, this is another thing in civil cases. It's certainly the case in Illinois, or I'm sorry, in California. I'm assuming it's the case in other states. You as a prosecutor cannot call my client the defendant to the stand. Right. But in civil cases, in civil cases, the plaintiff can call the defendant to the stand. All bets and, are off. Yeah. So it's something that, again, to a layperson may look a little weird. Like, hey, wait a minute. He's the defendant. He has rights. Those rights that are in criminal cases do not exist in civil cases. So now we do closing arguments. Uh, Leo does like a dangerous precedent argument, a tort reform kind of argument. Which is really, kind of his, that's his play, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, Rudy shows Donnie Ray's uh, video from his deposition, which is a smart move. Um, while he's doing it, that crazy dad gets up and shows a picture, the picture of Donnie Ray that Rudy got him at the, gave him at the funeral and he, he holds it up to those great benefit guys. And he just says, why? And he starts crying so and we, it is impactful. Uh, yeah. But, but here's the thing. We almost made a whole episode without saying our favorite word. Mistrial? Mistrial. But as a movie audience, <laughs> here's yes. the thing, though. Here's totally what agree. I thought was very smart. They are so smart on the law in this movie. Yes. The thing that is most, the smartest thing is that he stands up and he shows that picture to great benefit. Yeah, not the jury. He doesn't show it to the jury. And he, doesn't he shows sh- it he to doesn't great come, benefit. He doesn't come across the bar. I thought the same thing. If I'm a juror, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. You know, so... There's something to that. I might even know, not know who that guy is. Right. So yeah, I don't know if this would cause a mistrial. It, it's certainly a motion for a mistrial. 
mm-hmm. but we may not have got there. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I, they're so smart. Like, the law is just really good. So Rudy does a great uh, closing argument. No wonder they spend so much money on their lawyers and their public relations machine to convince us that we need tort reform and an end to punitive damages. Good stuff. And yep. then what he does get in punitive damages is $50 million. Yeah. So, Actual damage is 150 Which, I have so many questions. Because mm-hmm. he's a terrible lawyer if he only got 150 in compensatory damages and, and monetary damages. Mm-hmm. Wrongful death. For a 22-year-old kid. Now, I'm not saying you would have been able to get millions and millions and millions. Think Donnie Ray was going places? Yeah, but like 150 barely cut. Like, like that's his medical expenses. That's not even the rest In of his 96? life. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe. It's probably super freaking expensive yeah. then. I mean, uh, but if... I think that that was a low amount for his... And you know what? It could be because he's a bad lawyer. Because I didn't see a lot of actuaries coming up to testify. Right. About... Well, and, and it makes me think they did not amend it for wrongful death. Right. They may not have. Then we get punitive damages of $50 million. Because maybe you can't fast track a wrongful death case. You know, maybe maybe that would have well, caused problems for him. I, no, I think if you had amended the pleadings, you would have started all that. You would have Well, definitely that. But yeah. I don't know if you get to fast track it once you do that. But um, $50 million in punies, and we'll have a quick punies discussion. So when you have a civil trial, you have to ask for punitive damages. If you don't ask for them, for the most part, they're waived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and in Tennessee, there's a cap. On punitive damages. Mm-hmm. In California, there is not. The Supreme Court has pretty much said, like, you can get punitive damages that are so high that they would be in violation of constitutional rights. And really, the multiplier should not go into double digits of whatever your compensatory damages were, your actual okay. damages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can have... This would be one of those cases where perhaps that fifty million, even though at the end of the movie the you're not going to get that money and the mm-hmm. the which company is so ends up accurate, absolutely. The company goes back bankrupt. Dot doesn't see a dime. Rudy doesn't see a dime. Uh, the CEO tries to flee to Europe. There's a million class action lawsuits now against Great Benefit. Yep, and and um, all they have is they're going to have a debtor claim mm-hmm. during the bankruptcy proceedings. That's it. Yep. But ultimately, punitive damages, uh, depending on what state you're in, right now there's a cap. I think it's like a million mm-hmm. in Tennessee, and there's a couple of exceptions that may be able to get you outside that cap. But again, state by state. The large insurance lobbies, um, medical lobbies, have worked mm-hmm. very hard to get caps on punitive damages, which only come into play when you prove, typically in most states, in a separate trial. So mm-hmm. after the initial civil trial, you get another trial that's basically just a damages to whether you can prove up to a completely different legal standard, clear and convincing evidence, that malice or some other intent has been proven in order to get you into punitive damages. So, And it doesn't surprise me that like those extra, th- like malice and intent, I think they had that here against great benefit. Oh, I sure. think they get, I, I think they absolutely proved up punitive damages. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't. You wouldn't have a movie give you a whole second trial on that, but right. in Tennessee... And now, at the time, I don't know that there was that cap. Me neither. On punitive damages. I think that 
there may have or been... that they wouldn't have done it in this trial. I have no idea. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, what I'm saying, talking about is kind of where we are right now. So at the end, you know, he's sitting there with Birdie and, and uh, Kelly, and Birdie says, not bad for a yard boy, and she means it, like with no yes. irony whatsoever. Yes. She's like, wow. Um, Birdie thinks they're going to live there forever mm-hmm. until she dies. They might, because they don't see a penny of this money, and he well, doesn't want to be a lawyer gonna anymore. And she's going to leave them that house. So Yeah, perfect. So he gets a call from Leo that's like, everyone loses. The company's been looted. I wanted you to see that money, Rudy. So Leo sucks. Um, yes. He tells Dot, you know, hey, th- they went bankrupt. I'm so sorry. You're not You're not going to see any money. And she's like, she's excited that she, she and Donnie Ray and Rudy bankrupted, you know, a huge company. Like, you know, they're not going to see the money, but like we took them down. When he tells Deck about it, Deck's like, "You should have taken the hundred seventy-five. Like, we're yep. fucking idiots. Why didn't we, Why didn't we take the hundred seventy-five when we had the opportunity?" And I just, I really love the juxtaposition of that because, like, yep. they're both right. You know, they're both right. Um, well, and, th- and that's a, that's something that would be difficult for me as a civil attorney, and I'm not one, but based, you know, having to balance what my client's interest is, which is what I am, it's a fiduciary duty for us to do mm-hmm. versus like, I got to keep the lights on. Right. And when you do personal injury, which is what these are, you know, this is general civil plaintiff's work. You're doing it on contingency fee, which is, these are all the commercials that say, we don't get paid unless you get paid. Mm-hmm. And that means all, it, it's not cheap. Like, or it's Yeah, it's not cheap to put on, a trial. No, and you know what they've done is they've made sure this doesn't happen to somebody else. Like, there's not going to be any future Donnie Rays that are fucked by great benefit. But yeah, it's a net good for yeah. sure. But it's but it like doesn't help they're... Dot. He certainly didn't get that procedure. You know no. he, it, you know it just it just fucking sucks. Um. Yes. So anyway, he's gonna he doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore because every client in the future is going to accept the same expect the same kind of magic. He's a household name now. Um, and he says, I just love the monologue at the end where he's like, everybody's going to accept, expect this kind of magic. And I could probably give it to him if it didn't matter how I did it, you know, and then he's going to wake up one day and he's going to be Leo Drummond. And he says, every lawyer in every case finds himself crossing a line that they don't even know they're crossing. And if you, you cross that line enough, then, then you don't even remember it's there anymore. Really and that's like a real that. fear. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Like, I, the only thing he says in that monologue I wish they would take out is, maybe I should go teach. Yeah. No, no, no don't don't teach. You're, you don't even know what not, a leading question is. <laughs> please, yeah, please Yeah, you're stop. not good at this. Yeah. You're not actually good at this. <laughs> you you got um, a real good hand on your first uh, case of, or your first uh, yeah. game of poker, and it was a uh, really high was, stakes game. Yeah. Short and sweet of it. Awesome fucking movie. Yeah. Um, before we go, because we are going to wrap this up, uh, Awards. We need to give awards. Yeah. So, what do you think they got the most right in the whole thing? God, there's so much that's so right. I know. We're. They, they, I, I like that there's so much that's so right because we're definitely not going to agree. It's nice that there's not one thing they got right. I mean, I can't even think of a lot that they got wrong. I guess... I, I think what I'm going to say is this, because I think that a lot of people watching this movie that aren't lawyers would think that this wouldn't be something they got right. But the judge up there trying to help you, yep. when, when Danny Glover gives him the cue of, like, a, a sustained 
as to leading wink wink object to something else or he says hey rudy how about you hand her that and just ask her this question how about that um i feel like a lay viewer may be like a judge would never do that but they do like all the time i can't tell you how many times a judge has just saved my ass (laughs) i'm like i don't know what this rule is (laughs) not every judge will do it yeah and i can promise you he wouldn't have done it for leo no 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 you do it for a young lawyer if they're putting forth what appears to be good faith effort Mm-hmm. There may be a helping hand left. I mean, it's a technical rule. You know, it's like yeah. they're not helping them with their case. They're just helping he them get through him, the mechanics. He didn't give him DeSoto. No. He, well, know, he didn't that, know about DeSoto. Be, well, I don't know that the judge didn't know about DeSoto. I don't know. That's that's Because he says something like, with the information I have right now, this isn't coming into evidence. But I think well, if yeah, he knew I, about it, he would have put it in sua sponte. Potentially. I, I think he would have overruled the objection. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, like I, I would say, but, but your point is valid where it's like, look, he's not going to help him with a substantive, right. like put a piece of evidence in that he hasn't laid the proper foundation for just to let it in. Right. But for this, for sure. Um, for me, I, I think I'm going to go slightly broader. I love your choice, but for me, it's the discomfort and having to still perform when you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. at the beginning of your career. Mm-hmm. where you don't even quite know where to look for the answers. Or in the middle or end of your career. Yes, that part <laughs> too. That part too. Uh, but, you know, just something as simple as talking at a microphone mm-hmm. at a podium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm comfortable with it now. I've been doing it for eight years. But when I first got up to it, I was just like, I've never spoken to a microphone. Mm-hmm. more than maybe, maybe more than three times in my life. And I'm not real sure, like, a high school assembly counts. I'm, I'm doing this oral argument tomorrow, and I'm so, so, so happy that the judge I'm in front of also moved over, and I've been in front of him before, and, oh, it's, good. and he kept his courtroom. So I get to stay in a courtroom I've already been in with a judge I've already been in front of in a, ju- in a new jurisdiction, right. and that is so, that makes all the difference. Like a new judge in a new courtroom where I don't know where stuff is and I don't know what they're like. And, you know, like it's that kind of stuff. It's just so scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I was up in a uh, court in L.A. today that I don't go to very often. You know, it's it's one of the farther courts away from where I'm at. And I needed to do something where if I was in Orange County, I would know 100% who to talk to, where to go. Hey, Kathy, uh, how you doing? Mm-hmm. It's good to see you. How was your weekend? Blah, blah, blah. Up there, it's like, look, hat in hand, like, I don't come to this court very often. This is what I'm trying to do. What is your process mm-hmm. for doing that? Because it is not the same. Mm-hmm. And and what they told me was what I would have been able to do down here, they could not do for me mm-hmm. at that court this morning. It was like, okay, well, that's that's the way that goes. It's just, it's all, it's like being a freshman, like 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, it, it, it captured this movie capturing that feeling all the way through the movie where Matt Damon's never comfortable. Love mm-hmm. that. So I think that's what they get most right as far as tone, mm-hmm. as opposed to like an individual, because all the individual laws we've said, you know, over and over again is really fucking accurate mm-hmm. for a movie. Uh, what do you think they got most wrong? There just isn't a lot wrong in this case I or in this movie. I think I'm going to go with like, 
when they're going to the hospital and like talking to everybody yeah. in the hospital. I mean, that's that's nuts. But it's funny. But that's the thing. It's like if you're a lawyer watching this movie, you aren't like that doesn't happen. I hate this. You're you think it's hilarious, you know? And I'm sure it has happened. And honestly, I'm sure in '95 or '96, whenever yeah, they filmed this, yeah, we may this, have had a, more of a problem. It might Listen, have been a bit more of a thing. The words "ambulance chaser" exist. Which means yeah, that at some point that was a problem, you know? Yes, people like chucking cards inside ambulances. Yes. Okay, like it's it's a thing. Um, I'm gonna say that was what I was gonna go with, but I don't want to pick the same thing yeah, as you. You can go with the same uh, thing. No, I, I would say this is how good. This is a testament to how good this movie is. The judge just sitting on the bench, screaming like a lunatic. Like that, not like I, I've seen judges about that, about about that. that yes, when it just got explained to you. Yep. The lawyer's not here. I've passed the bar. He's yelling at him for like appearing in the court. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, I can be here. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what the situation is. So, but no, I've seen judges I've, absolutely scream. Just get weird about weird shit though, too. Yeah. I mean, no, they do. I've, I think I've said like. I've had a judge get so mad at me that he threw a pin at me from the bench. He got mad and just chucked a pin (laughs) in my direction. I mean, it didn't hit me. Like, we're far away. But he chucked a pin in my direction, got mad, like, moved moved all his books to the side, and then, like, went back to his chambers and, and, like, slammed the door. Well, I mean, there's YouTube clips of judges and lawyers getting in fucking fights. Yeah, and it it was about a form. Like, I had done a form wrong, but it it was like, it was was clerical in nature. Like, it wasn't like I'd caused a mistrial or something. We weren't even in the presence of the jury. It was messed up. So then we're like, we go back to the chambers, hat in hand, and I'm ready to, like, apologize to the judge. And we get back there, and he's, like, cool as a cucumber. He asked me if I'd seen the new (laughs) Fast and Furious movie. And I was like, weren't you, moments ago, Your Honor, <laughs> you threw it's amazing what the rogue. I mean, I've just it's had amazing what the rogue so does. weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's incredible. Uh, so, I, I, okay, instead of picking that, I guess then I'll go with, um, I don't think a lawyer of Leo Drummond's uh, experience would end the cross-examination with Jackie LeManchick going, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. I, I, I tend to I agree. Think, I, think they, I think he would say that in a closing argument. Mm-hmm. But not... First of all, it's improper to say that during... So I, I guess I'll say... I mean, that's just... Guys, it's so good. It's good. It's good. It's all of it's really good and really pretty goddamn accurate. Yeah. Um, so, uh, best lawyer. Well, no. Worst lawyer first. Go ahead. Say it. You know. You know what the answer the is. The worst lawyer in this movie is Rudy Baylor. <laughs> yes, it is. It is Rudy Baylor. But it also might be Bruiser. I don't think he's a bad lawyer. I think he's an unethical lawyer. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Listen, he he. Deck's a better lawyer than Rudy. That's for sure. And he's not. If a lawyer. he were a lawyer, we could pick. You know. Yeah. But so okay. So Rudy's the worst, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Who's the best? We're at a deficit for lawyers at this point. Um, yeah. I'm I, I can we pick Danny Glover? Yeah, we've picked the judge in the past. Yeah, we've picked the I, judges in I, the past. 
man, that that very first Chambers meeting about the fast tracking, the deposition, and uh, and the motion to dismiss, fantastic, great job. Yep, you and I had the same one there. Damn, I thought we'd have. I thought I was going to scoop you with Danny Glover. No. Nope. Um. So I have one last award, and then I will let you go. Uh, this is specifically for you. Mm. Hottest lawyer. Hottest lawyer in this film Hottest. goes to Rudy Baylor, played by nope, Matt. Nope, it's Danny Glover. No! <laughs> oh, it's Danny Glover. It's totally Danny Glover. You got it wrong. All right. This is one uh, of Danny DeVito's hottest roles, I will say. They're all hot. They're all smoking <laughs> fucking hot. They're all rum ham hot. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Can I say this? I forgot to say a thing that I wanted to say early that was an inside joke that I wanted to say, and then I forgot to say it, so I'm going to say it now. I I found out that this came after Courage Under Fire, and it was his first leading role. Did you know that Ed Norton went out for this, and that he didn't get it, and um, Matt Damon edged out Ed Norton for this role? (laughs) Are you sure sure he didn't edge out Rappaport? (laughs) Friends, listen, if you haven't watched... You sure Jay Moore wasn't on the line? We'll, we'll put this in the extras. This will be on the Patreon. If you haven't... Um, we would never have a Patreon. There's only like 10 of you. Um, this is five bucks. If you, you haven't watched bucks. the uh, Dinner for Five with Jay Moore, Michael Rappaport, <laughs> who's all there? Timothy Oliphant's there. I don't remember the name of the first guy. He wrote Deadwood. He wrote NYPD Blue. They talk about it a lot. Anyway, the point is, Michael Rappaport, during this show, says that he went out for the Ed Norton part in uh, People versus Larry Flint, and he didn't get it. And then John Favreau says, it, like, in a low voice, you just, uh, he just edged you out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest shit in the world. And Rappaport's just trying to, Ed like, Norton move past it. Like, edging out Michael Rappaport. He's just trying to continue Oliphant the story. is losing his shit. is laughing so hard. He's laughing so hard at the joke that there's a possibility that Michael Rappaport would ever get a role <laughs> that Ed Norton would not get. For, like, five solid minutes, he's laughing. It's so funny. Oh, anyway. God. Oh, David Milch, by the way. David Milch is the guy's name. Oh, yes. All right, so here's the thing. Cole and I are mad at true crime. I want to be clear, we're not totally against it. We're not totally against it, but we want to talk about true crime. Mm -hmm. And the only movie that I could think of to talk about true crime is Dark Places, um, which is a movie starring Charlize Theron, or maybe Ashley Judd, I'm not sure. I have not seen Dark Places. And guys, listen, here's, here's the thing, friends. It's not a good movie, and it doesn't have a lot of laws in it, okay? But she plays this part of this girl that, like, makes her living by selling memorabilia from her family's murder. Um, And so I think it's a pretty good in for us to talk about true crimes. It is Charlize, by the way. And so finally, I I know, I was joking because I thought that she Uh, was in What's His Face, and it was actually... That was a joke. It was a callback. It's what we call a callback in comedy. That hurts. Anyway, so that's what we're doing. It isn't a law movie. So, like, don't go watch it and think that it is. I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen it, so it'll be my first. And then we're going to... It's not a good movie. We're going to use that... I'm already second-guessing this. We're we're, (laughs) going to use that as our, like, stargate into true crime. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, do you want to be Spader and I'll be Kurt Russell? Or how do we want to do this? I just need to know how to dress (laughs) for next time. Wait, I don't understand. What is the joke? 
have you not Kurt Russell? Have you not star? Have you not seen Stargate? Okay, I yeah, I I now I'm remembering that you did say the word Stargate moments ago. <laughs> Okay, all right. We are punch drunk on a work night. You might think that the answer to that question is obvious, and I agree, I'll be Spader. If for no other reason, the hair. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Uh, okay, guys, you can catch us on Movie Briefs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, moviebriefspod at gmail.com. And like, mm-hmm. subscribe, that helps us. I know it's been a long time. Thank you guys for being so patient. We really appreciate it. Thanks for asking a lot for another episode. Yeah, was that was really cool. Uh, and we, I can promise you we, we've been wanting to do it for a while. Just hopefully the schedules will, will line up and we'll get more of these out a little bit more regularly. But it, as always, if you guys have any comments, leave them. Give us movies you want us to do. And uh, we will see you next time with Dark Places and... Why Aaron and Cole are mad at true crime. We're in recess. 